Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Atmosphere, be a Recorded live. Ooh, yeah, you know. Then I pray for you. When you come to, no, you won't say all that. It's a gift, brother. The only thing you want the person to know, don't try to. Some people who are being prayed, you know how they, they receive prayer? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so who is trying hard? Hey, why don't you go home? You struggle as much as you can. Struggle as much as you can. Before you came to church. You know, I'm trying to help you here, you understand? I'm just showing us how we all are deceived, including myself, for many years. And God is opening our eyes. That's why there's so many healings in this ministry. I can only read to you. In fact, I have, I have so many testimonies, I can't even share them all. I'm just sharing with you a few. And one last verse I told you, and then we'll close, okay? This verse is from Proverbs, and it says this, As the bird by wandering, as the swallow by flying, so the curse costless shall not come. Now when you say the curse costless means what? Without cost, it will not come. What does that tell you? That tells you that every curse that comes, there must be a reason for it. But now Jesus through his blood has removed every reason for us not to be under the curse. Right? What's the revelation, Pastor Prince? I'll tell you something about the Hebrew. Alright? I love studying Hebrew. And you know the word costless here is from the Hebrew word hen. You know what hen? Hen is the word for grace. Like chesed is grace, hen is favor. Yet grace and favor is, is almost akin. Right? Hen is God's grace. For example, in your Bible when it says, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, the word there is hen. Grace. When it says, Zechariah says, stick to your mountain. What is a mountain of, of lack, a mountain of sickness? Stick to it and say, Christ, grace! The Hebrew, hen, hen. Alright? You are saying a God's sound. C-H, hen. But don't say it now, or else your neighbor in front, who don't have hair, will be like... It's raining or what? You know? Okay, so, look up here. Listen to what I'm saying. That's the word used here for costless. Literally, it's the word hen. What does that mean? Unmerited. The curse undeserved will not come. The curse unmerited will not come. But if the word unmerited is the word grace. So we can say it like this. And I'll close with this. The curse by grace will never come. When you are living under grace, in the realm of grace, where you're looking to the Lord Jesus, not to yourself. It's not how good you are, it's how good He is. It's not how faithful you are, it's how faithful He is. You won't even know you're changing. When you see his faithfulness, you become faithful. But stop. Don't look at yourself. Look to Jesus. Amen? When you live in that realm of grace, the curse cannot come. The curse... I don't know why they translate it without cause. It's the word unmerited. Unearned. It's the word grace. The curse by grace shall not come. Okay? Remember how we opened the service? Isaiah 49. It says what? Well, the lawful captives be delivered. Look at God's answer. 
Next verse, thus says the Lord, even the captive of the mighty shall be taken away and the prey of the terrible shall be delivered. God says, I will contend with him, the devil that contends with you, and I will save your children this year. Amen. Give Jesus the praise. Come on, church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed. In a while's time, I'm going to pray for your three requests. All right? Every year we do this at the end of the year. The last Sunday, we'll pray for the three requests. God told me to do this a number of years ago. And we have seen great fulfillment of the three requests. It was during a time like this, I, one of my three requests was for a son. Before we pray for that, there are people watching me today. We welcome all of you and those who are here. If you have never made Jesus your Savior and Lord, you have never allowed Him to redeem you. Will you accept Him today as your Redeemer? Will you allow Jesus to be your Redeemer? Perhaps you are suffering some symptom of the curse. But more than anything else, you must embrace this gift of God, Jesus Christ. When you embrace Him as your personal Savior, your personal Redeemer, that's when He extragorazo, He redeems you by a price that He has paid, His blood, and you become His own. If that is you, wherever you are that's watching this right now, pray this prayer from your heart. Are you ready? Say this from your heart. And God, who searches the hearts and the minds, He will hear your prayer, and Jesus will be Redeemer to you from today. Say, Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, we're all together now. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the greatest gift of all, Jesus Christ, whom you sent to be my Redeemer, to be my Savior, who died on that cross. I can never keep your law perfectly. I'm a sinner, but Christ died for sinners. And I thank you, Father. His blood is the price, the payment for my liberation. Jesus Christ is my Savior, my Redeemer, my God. Thank you, Father, that you raised Him from the dead as a proclamation that you are satisfied with what Christ has done on my behalf. So much so that you raised him from the dead. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, and all the people said, Amen, Amen, and Amen. Praise the Lord. Are you all ready? Lift your hand up as an act of faith, just one hand before the Lord. Now imagine all the three requests is in that hand. This is something that God takes seriously. The Bible says that there are some prayers that are held as a memorial before God. In other words, they are like the sweet incense of the tabernacle of Moses. They always remind God of what you prayed. We're going to pray that you will see the manifestation of these three requests. Don't ask for small. Ask for big things. Your God is a big God. And God will not just answer your prayer, He will over answer your prayer. Get ready for that. Are you ready? I'm going to pray and then there's a point where I'll pause and you bring your request before God one by one. Heavenly Father, 
we stand together as your people here in this blessed nation of Singapore your church Lord we come together as one before your throne of grace we see a rainbow around the throne reminding us that never again will you ever be angry with us because of what Christ has done you are our father we are your sons and father as we see the world getting darker and darker in these days we pray father your church will get brighter and brighter that your church will be a living testimony father to a lost dying crying sighing world that's looking for the light looking for the life looking for hope let your people be so blessed father that people will want to know you the blesser and now father we bring to you our three requests we bring this first request to you just tell the Lord quietly Now bring the second request to God. And your third. Father, we thank you. You have heard our prayers. And right now, Father, in this point in time, that prayer is now in your hands father let it be held as a memorial before you always father that this year father we will see the manifestation of these three requests we'll see the tangible results we'll see the the outworking this year father i pray in jesus name that everyone who see this manifestation lord be it our relatives, our friends, our children, they'll want to know you more, Lord. Thank you, Father. And let these people know, Lord, they are, they are in the world, but they are not of the world. They are of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Now say this, I am righteous by faith in Christ Jesus. I'm not of works. I'm of faith, of faith. I live by believing, not by doing, not works, but faith. This year will be a great year for me and my family, in Jesus' name. If you have just prayed the prayer to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we want to welcome you to a new life filled with the goodness and abundant grace of Jesus. To help you begin this journey, we would like to bless you with an ebook titled The One Thing, 31-Day Devotional by Pastor Joseph Prince. Receive daily bite-sized inspirations of the favor, healing, and provision that God has for you. Simply log on to josephprince.org salvation and download your free copy today. Get ready to experience the amazing love of God. Thank you for tuning in to our broadcast. You have watched highlights of a sermon by Joseph Prince.
To order an audio CD of the full sermon, which is approximately 60 minutes long, call the toll-free number at 1-877-901-4300 or log on to josephprince.org now. Beloved, the Bible declares that God wants you healed and whole in every area of your life. Today, as a thank you for your gift of any amount to the ministry, we will send you Joseph's latest four-CD audio series, God Wants You Healed. Child of God, you can receive divine healing and renewed strength from your Father in Heaven. He is for you, and He wants you to live an abundant life full of His joy. Live free from the fear of sickness and disease, because God is not only able to, but also most willing to heal you. You can also request the new Joseph Prince on Healing 3-DVD album for a specific gift to the ministry. In this quintessential resource on God's healing, learn how to remove any doubt you may have about God's healing. Focus on the finished work of Christ and walk out your healing in Christ Jesus. This collection also includes Joseph's latest book, Grace Revolution. Experience the power to live above defeat. To order these resources, call us toll-free at 1-877-901-4300 or visit us at josephprince.org today. From international best-selling author Joseph Prince comes a brand new book, Grace Revolution. My life has been blessed. My relationship with my wife, my children have been blessed knowing what the Great Revolution is. Pastor Prince puts it this way. It's a preoccupation with Christ and not of yourself. And every day that I get to know how much I'm loved by God, not confidence in my love for God, but confidence in His love for me, every day I get to know about that, I experience His grace in His reality in my life. All of my life, I had felt like I had been disappointed God and I was addicted to certain substances, alcohol and cigarettes, and when I got the grace revelation from Pastor Prince on television, it just I became a new creation. Grace was so wonderful. Whatever defeat you may be struggling with now, I want to encourage you to anchor yourself in God's grace and begin to experience victory in every area of your life. Order your copy today and experience the Grace Revolution. Call 1-877-901-4300 or visit josephprince.org slash new book today. Thank you, Grace Revolution Partners, for your prayers and generous support that helps us broadcast the gospel into millions of homes around the world. With your help, we're also able to be on the ground to reach out and make a difference in impoverished communities across Asia. If you've been blessed by today's message, we invite you to partner with us to impact the world with the gospel of grace. Call us toll-free at 1-877-901-4300 or visit us at josephprince.org slash partner today. Joseph Prince Ministries is a Section 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax deductible for the amount that exceeds any fair market value of the materials you receive from us. Joseph Prince Ministries believes that your ties belong to your local church. Your donations to the ministry are received as offerings to support the preaching of the gospel of grace, as well as the ministry's humanitarian outreaches. The preceding page.
Aid program was sponsored by the friends and partners of Joseph Prince Ministries. All right, Lisa's on you. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I'm sorry, I had I was on mute. I couldn't find the mute button for a second. <laughs> good morning. 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 Um, we have. Looks like we have maybe a couple more minutes. I wanted to give people, um, you know, just a couple more minutes to log on to the call. You know how it is. I know how it is. So, you know, Brother Farley, you could always seem to give us. <laughs> you could always give us an A selection. I'll play a song on the TV if that's what you want me to do. (laughs) You're not going to give us an A selection? You know what? See, y'all got jokes. As soon as I start singing, then here come the comedy club. So you know what? This is your show this morning, so I'm going to let you run it. Thanks, Jasmine. Fine, then, yes, if you could just grab a song, you know, just put um, a song on just to give people a couple more minutes to log on. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got you. Next joke. week, a selection. Uh oh, he got quiet. Yeah, I'm trying to get the TV to work. <laughs> Good morning. Who, um, if I may ask, who we have on the line so far? Thought I heard Arthur earlier. I don't know if he's on or not. Okay. I know I Good morning, this is Marie. Hey, good morning. Good morning, how are you? Oh my goodness, I'm great. It's so good to hear your voice. I thank you. Good morning, this is Arthur. Good morning, Marie. Good morning, Arthur. Well, extra songs, uh, Brother Farley. We're good. Arthur can lead us in the song. Yeah, so, but, uh-uh, Marie on the phone. No, Marie? this is Marie, not Maria. Right. Oh, okay. Well, look, we need a choir real quick. So, Arthur, you going to leave choir. us? You're going to give us the A selection? <laughs> okay, so maybe not. How about how about a group? Because, you know, a group is like three or more. I mean, like, we got a family group. So, Arthur, would you like to? Would you like to give us the A selection? I asked uh, Pastor Farley. He he declined. He passed on the opportunity. This morning I'm <laughs> passing on that one too as well. <laughs> All right. Yeah, this this gonna be funny today, boy. It's gonna be good. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, because I was just trying to give. No, it's be a lunch. I was trying to give. Um, you know, people folks just a couple more minutes to get on the line because of the way that I wanted the prayers to flow this morning. I certainly hope that um, that it's okay with you guys if we wait like maybe another minute 
Board 2. Would that be okay? Okay, but just, you know, okay, y'all. Maya, put it in the refrigerator. I'm sorry, y'all. My daughter is um is protesting the turkey sandwich in her lunch. Apparently, that's not going to work for her today. You know, I'm like, really? Really? Okay. Fine, then. Fine, just fine. All right. Um, one more one more time. Um, so we have Marie on the line. We have uh, Pastor Farley on the line. And we have Arthur on the line. Is there anybody else on the line right now? Don't worry, I won't put you on. I just, I just wanted to know who's on the line so that I can do um, good, good morning. Good morning. And this is? This is Ms. Brown. Oh, hello. Oh, look at you. Good morning. How is your Good morning. Okay. All right, well, um, Sister Marie, would you like to be in the, in the opening prayer rotation, ma'am? Yeah, I'm in my car, so I'll only be in the car for a little while longer, so if I can start All off, right. that's okay. Yes. Okay, so this is the order in which we will do it. Um, so right now, we're going to come back to this. Um, so Marie will go ahead and start out, and then um, Brother Arthur, because I know he's in his car, Brother Arthur will go, and then Sister Brown will go. So you three in that order, and um, don't break just continue, you know, one after another. Please, if you will. Okay. Dear Lord, Spirit, and Heavenly Father, Lord God, we just come before you this morning, Father God, to thank you. Lord God, we thank you for a peaceful night, rest last night, Father God. Lord God, we thank you that you watched over our homes and our families, and we woke up to find everything just the way it was when we went to sleep, Lord God. Lord God, we thank you for this opportunity to come together and lift up your holy and righteous name as we share and pray and minister to one another, Father God. But you also said we're the first partake of our fruit when we learn the lesson and the, and the messages. Father God, I just thank you right now for prayer shifting ministry and the impact that it has had on so many people's lives to strengthen us, to encourage us, to motivate us, Father God, and even be a standing point for us to step out on your faith even more. Lord God, we thank you for the person that you have placed in charge of the line, Brother Sam Farley, Father, who I see the transformation in his life as you have moved upon him, and, you, and he's learning to obey your spirit and your will and your direction. Lord God, I'm saying a, pleasure, a special prayer for Lisa this morning, Father God, as she prepares to lead this call, Father God. May the guidance of the Holy Spirit be overpowering in her life, Father God, and as she poured to us this morning, Father God, I said to replace all that she has given out. Lord God, I pray for each member of precious for ministry today, Father God, that whatever we're going through, Father God, we continue to lean and trust on you, knowing that you are able to change any situation around. Father God, as you continue to move in faith, may we be ever mindful, Lord, to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Dear most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord God, we just come before you, Lord God, as our empty cup before a full fountain, so that you will fill us up with your love, with your grace, with your mercy, with your joy, with your peace. Father God, we 
just lift up this day, Lord God, before you, and we bring ourselves, Lord God, new, Lord God, before you. For your word teaches us, behold, you make all all things new. Father God, we thank you, Lord God, for the price that Jesus paid on Calvary Cross for our life, for the forgiveness of our sins. For his actions, Lord God, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. That's what the word is saying, Lord God. We thank you, O Lord God, that all the blessings of yours, Lord, are yea and amen unto your glory. Father God, then let us know, Lord God, that we are not guilty of the things that we have fallen short of you when we confess in our lives before you. We thank you for keeping us, Lord God, as we slept last night. We thank you for waking us up with the activity of our limbs, Lord God, clothed in our right mind, with a heart set to praise your holy righteous name. Continue to watch over us throughout this day. Cover and bless us and keep us. It's my prayer. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for another opportunity Heavenly Father, we begin this day. We pray that we will be mindful of your presence, and mindful of your love, mindful of your wisdom. Father God, even as we sit once foot in front of each Heavenly Father, today I pray for all who are on this line. Special prayer for me with me on this line and for all of their families, oh God. I pray, God, that you would touch our hearts, open up the eyes of our hearts, that we may see what we see, Heavenly Father. I pray, God, that as we go about our business today, that you would set things in order, For you, oh God, do things, deepens and important. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would set us watch over our mouths, set us hard over our Heart, God. Help us to think about what we're thinking about. And we will cast down the contempt of every thought that rises itself against you, Lord God. So every every movement, every beat begins with the thought. So God, I pray that we be mindful of even the thoughts that we think. And heaven Father, because it is in you that we live and live and have to be. I pray, Heavenly Father, that our hope, our dreams, our goals will abound that we will live in the faith. And that we will receive control of our lives, thoughts, and our desires to you. That your will will be done in the lives of God. Help us to learn more about you. Help us to share and to be strengthened. For you did and by our testimony, the blood of the that we are going to talk so, Heavenly Father, let us be strengthened just by the company that we're keeping today, by the transparency that I pray that we would share, and by the courage and hope that we would share with one another today. Lead Lisa on this morning, Heavenly Father, and, and as she guides this company. Holy Spirit, you are the teacher. Teach her which direction for me. That we might be edified, and that through that you might be glorified. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Uh, Sister Najima, did you make it on? Sister Najima, I'm here. You there? 
All right, yes. wonderful. Good morning, sister. Good morning. Um, has anyone else logged on? Just the last check-in. Okay, Sister Jamie, would you um, just give us an opening morning prayer? Good morning. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come humbly before you that you may hear our voices, that we don't pray amiss. Lord, thank you for bringing things together to pray into your holy name. Let the Holy Spirit take over this call. Let us be willing and open to hear from you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, This morning, I feel, first of all, good morning to everybody, and we sincerely um, thank you all for sacrificing your time this morning to be on this call. We we thank you. We appreciate you. Um, wow, I, what a wonderful move of God um, that is going to take place. I declare and decree it this morning. I speak it as we move in uh, as one and on one accord. Um, this morning, the Spirit is telling me to to open this up. Does anybody have anything on their heart that they would like to share? A, a, a word, um, you know, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm trying to, a word or um, just something that they like to share, a scripture maybe that has helped them this week, a song or anything like that. Does anybody have anything like that they'd like to share this morning? Anything on your heart, an experience that would help the saints? No? There's a scripture that I've been um, hearing, but um, it was my scripture of the month last month, and I uh, was cast your cares upon the Lord. Um, mm. He will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be forsaken. That's mm. Psalm fifty-five twenty-two. And before I went to bed last night, you know how you try to um, see if you still remember, you know, um, what you heard from the Lord or what, you know, the Lord mm-hmm. has put on your heart. And uh, so last night before I went to bed, I said, God, you know, I'm going to be on this call tomorrow. And uh, I just want to know, you know, what you think. And uh, <laughs> and that just oh. came to my mind. So, um mm-hmm. My cares are with him. My concerns are with him. Um, my burdens are with him. So um, this is not, um, how can I say this? This is not um, me, so so to speak. This is 
you know, his will that we as saints get together and that we uplift each other, that we share experiences, that we, you know, encourage each other. We're not the only ones we're supposed to do that, but we're supposed to be more, you know, uh, yeah. more willing to do it with, with each other because, you know, it's so many divisions within churches and and organizations and, and, and things like that. So he just wants us to be mindful of how we treat each other. Um, mm. So that was really on my heart this morning. Mm. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing, sister, because it's really funny that you should mention, um, you know, God supplying our needs and because the song, for some reason, and I don't know, I'm sure, especially those of us who, like, maybe have been in the choir and stuff, know the song, God's Got It, Milton Brunson, Thompson Community Singing, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. you want, God's got it. That song, it's been on my mind so tough that last night when I had my my body, well, sitting outside the gym for an hour, then I finally went in at 11 (laughs) o'clock last night because, you know, I sit outside and go in the front and eat a donut in the gym. And then go work yeah. out, but you know that's the most foolishness God still working with me on. But I, that song kept coming to mind, and I listened to it. It was what I was listening to while I was working out, and then this morning God put it on my heart to listen to it. That is the song, the last song that I listened to actually before the call started. So you you saying that? I said, Oh my God, look at that. So what that means is that we were on the same wavelength. Yeah. Yeah. You know, last night isn't that isn't that amazing how he will do that? Yeah. Wow. He, wow. He, he, let, let me answer that. Concerned. This morning at about at about four during my my worship time, yeah. <laughs> one of the songs I was listening to was El Shaddai, God the All Sufficient One. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And that's um. Yeah. He just, it was, wow. it was in praise and worship, and he just kept saying, El Shaddai, El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. He's all I need. And He's all when you guys start talking about, uh, when you guys start talking about casting your cares and how he will keep you and sustain you, uh, that made mm. me think about how that's what mm. I was listening to this morning. Wow. Mm-hmm. See? 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 <laughs> yes. Indeed. Does anybody else, would anybody else like to share this morning? Mm. No? Okay. Well, that's all right. Um, Pastor Farley, you still there? Sam Farley's here. Oh, okay. As opposed to as opposed to um, <laughs> uh, Cephas or Cleotus, probably. Okay. All right. <laughs> Woo! Can you um, would you mind before I begin the um, the word the short word for the morning? Would you just give us a last opening prayer leading into the sharing of the scripture? <laughs> Sure. No problem. 
Romboshi Garane de Gode Chandron de Gosse de Dede de Gohor Rombrane de Gassandro Boko Sede de Gando Cosande de Gombrane de Goseke. Yes, Father. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yandoro de Gobacasata Borende de Gassede. Yes, 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 Father, we praise your name, Lord. Hmm. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for moving. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing us together in you, Lord. Hmm. It's only because of you, Lord. Only in you and through you, Father, can we do all things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, Lord. I can't do it in myself. Mm. I can't do it in anybody else. I can do it through Christ, Lord. All things, Lord. You didn't say some things. You didn't just say, uh, I can do this or that. You said, I can do all things through Christ, Lord. Thank you, Father. Let the word begin to permeate the atmosphere. Let the anointing of the Holy Ghost begin to permeate the atmosphere. Begin to stir things up inside of us, Lord. Begin to move in a great and mighty way. Father God, let your anointing begin to fall. Fall down. Fall down. Father God, I thank you for the rain, Lord. I can't remember the song, Lord, but when your anointing fell down like the rain, Father, let it just begin to fall down upon us, Lord. Drip, drop, drip, drop, drip, drop, drip, drop upon our heads, upon our spirits, Lord. Let your anointing begin to permeate, giving us that which we need. Let the word of God enter in. Thank you, Father, for going forth and teaching, 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 touching, moving. Yes, yes, yes. In the name of Jesus, I bind every deceptive tactic of the enemy right now. Mm. Every destruction, mm, every demonic entity, Shakandaruko, I bind it right now in the name of Jesus. You will have no effect. You will not stop that which God is desiring to do today. Thank you, Father, for the anointing of your blood. As your precious Holy Ghost anointed blood is pleaded over this line today, Father. Your anointing, Lord, is entering in. Father, you said we have not because we ask not. So right now, Father, I'm asking for us to come together in one accord. With the Holy Spirit being the head. I'm asking us for come together in unity. As you are leading us down the path that you want us to go, Father. Now, there we go. There we go. There we go. That's it right there. That's it right there. That's it right there. That's it now. Now. 
now, now things are shifting. Things are moving. Yandere Gosha, things are moving. Your bullshit of God, things are moving. Ah, now God is now. He's moving. He's moving. The anointing is moving. He's stirring things up. He's touching. Yandere Gosha, he's stirring things up. He's putting things in the order that he desires them to be. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Flow through us, Lord. We are your willing vessels. Flow through us. Mm, yes, Father God, we praise your holy, holy name. It is done in you, Christ Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. 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 Father God, we come before you this morning in the spirit of thanksgiving. We thank you. We just thank you, Heavenly Father, that we awoke this morning. We have the activity of our land. We are in our right minds this morning, oh, Father. We just thank you for giving us the mind to come together this morning. We thank you for unity. We thank you for clarity, oh God. We just thank you this morning that even though things may not be all the way that we want them to be, we thank you that things are as well as they are in our lives. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the Holy Ghost. We thank you for your Son. We thank you for your covering. We just thank you for supplying our needs this morning, oh God. We just thank you for the vehicle by which we can all get on this call together because it hasn't always been so. We just thank you for the technology that even though we have people in different places, in different states, different cities. We thank you that we can all come together on one accord, oh God. So we just thank you for that provision. And Lord, we just ask you to bless this line this morning. We just ask that you just cover us. We ask that whatever that is meant to be shared is shared. We ask that whatever is meant to be brought out in the atmosphere is brought out into the atmosphere. We ask that as as things are shared, as things are brought out into the atmosphere, that they touch individuals in the way in which they should be touched. We are all different people, and we all have different names, oh God, and different different things that we need. We all have just different places that we are, different situations, different circumstances. Oh, God, each of your children are unique. And so we just ask that you just touch each of us individually in our own way, in only a way that you can. We just ask that you just move in such a mighty way on this line, oh, God, so that not only are the people who are actively on the line are touched, but that as we go out and we interact with the world, that the things that are shared here, the anointing that falls on this line is shared and it radiates out, oh God, so that we spread your love, your joy, your peace to other people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, I, at this time, I ask that um, if it's at all possible, if you could mute your phone um, when you are not speaking, when you're not actively speaking, if you could just mute your phone so that we can make sure that we cut down on excess noise and, um, you know, just so everybody can hear. Um, this morning, I'm going to be reading from Luke, St. Luke, the 8th chapter, the 40th verse through the 48th verse. So those of you all who might be at home and you have access to your Bibles, if you would like to turn to it, that's fine. That, again, is St. Luke, the 8th chapter, 40th through the 48th verse, and I will give you a couple 
a second to find that should you want to find it or, you know, pull it up, you know, maybe um, on your computers or whatever you might have at your disposal. <clears throat> okay, you said Luke 840 through 48? 840, uh-huh, 840 through 48. And um, this is actually something um, that I had discussed with my mom just the other day, but... Um, I really wanted, especially due to conversations that I've had and conversations that we've had on the prayer call, especially uh, at the end of last week, towards the beginning of this week, I thought that it was really appropriate, um, you know, just for for discussions and, and what, what has been in the atmosphere on the line um, and in the lives of, of several of us. So um, this passage of Scripture deals with the woman with the issue of blood. Um, I'll begin reading now. (coughs) 40, and it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him, for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him, that he would come into his house. For he had one only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she lay dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which has spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her issue of blood healed. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude throng thee and press thee, and sayest thou who touched thee? And Jesus said, somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, She came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word for the edification of our souls. So, so today we have um, this woman. Excuse me. We have this woman who has this issue of blood, and it had been going on for twelve long years. Now, for those of us who may not be familiar with Jewish tradition, uh, when a woman you know, has her cycle, and when she is bleeding, she's unclean. You're not, you know, she's not supposed to be around people. She's not supposed to touch people. Um, Her husband isn't supposed to touch her. She's basically an outcast. Really, she's an outcast until that time that it has stopped. And so, you know, I want you guys to imagine just for a second what 12 years of that might be be like. I mean, if you could even imagine 12 years, 12 years of isolation, 
12 years because during that time you're considered unclean, okay? You're considered unclean. So that means that anything you touch is unclean. That means that anybody, you know, who touches you is now considered unclean. It means that anywhere you go is unclean. Anything you touch is unclean. So you're unclean. So if anything that you touch or any place that you go is unclean, so that means that you're basically isolated. You're by yourself. But she was like this for 12 long years, 12 years. She, and I just want you all really to just take a moment to imagine, have you ever felt isolated? Have you ever felt alone? Have you ever felt by yourself? Have you ever felt that people, you know, thought that you were unclean for any reason? Maybe not necessarily for this particular reason, but maybe it was something that you did or something that people thought you did or a situation that you had that people didn't approve of or when you were judged or when you were criticized. Have you ever felt like that, even for an instant? So just imagine, multiply that by like a thousand. And so she had been to the doctors, right? It says here, which has spent all her living, this is in 43, which has spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any. So she has spent all of her money paying doctors, 12 years of paying doctors to help her with this problem, probably went to physicians far and wide. You know, we pay extra money for specialists. They cost like five times more than a regular doctor. So I'm sure she went to all the specialists, all the best doctors in the land. She spent all of her money. So now she's broke. So not only does she have this physical situation this medical situation in which she is ostracized, she's unclean, you know, people can't be around her. Now she's broke, and she has a stigma. She has a stigma on her now. And a stigma is something that you get. It's not a positive thing. It's not a good thing. It's a negative. Um, it's like something negative like that, uh, that is attached, <clears throat> excuse me, to you when something happens or when something about you is displeasing to other people and when you have a stigma that automatically carries with it judgment and criticism from others. And so now this woman is in this this horrible situation and she's been here for so long and so now let's shift for a second and let's look at Jesus, right? So now we have Jesus, and, you know, he's passing through, and he's on his way to Jairus' house. Um, now, now Jairus is one of the high rulers in the synagogue, and, of course, you know, during this time, religious leaders were held in very high esteem in the city, very high esteem. And 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 so his daughter, um, you know, Jesus is on his way to Jairus' house to heal, to lay hands on Jairus' 
daughter because she was dying. She was 12 years old, and she was dying. And so if you could imagine for a moment, just walk with me, if you could imagine, of course, you know, back then, Jesus wasn't driving a car. He wasn't driving his Suburban or, you know, his Elantra or whatever on his way, you know, with with the disciples to drive to his house. They walked. So he's walking. And, of course, Jesus was this big deal. It's like, he, you know, he's coming like a T.D. Jakes or Juanita Bynum or Joyce Meyer to come to your city. People are like, oh, my gosh, did you hear who was coming? Did you? He's coming. Jesus is going to be here like he was live in concert or something. Jesus is going to be here. Jesus is going to be here. So. There is a crowd. You know, there was a, a a big crowd. So you have this big crowd of people, hundreds, hundreds, I'm sure, you know, pushing them so they're walking. And, you know, when you have that number of people, you know that they were trying to get to him because no doubt they're like, wait a minute, while he's here, I'm, I'm going to ask him this. Well, I need him to heal me from this. Well, I want to ask him from this. So, they're pushing them along. They're pushing them along. That you have some people who are going to be closer to him, and you know, physically closer to him. And then you're going to have some people who are going to be in the back, around the perimeter, on the outskirts. And they're pushing them along. And you know, he's he's walking on his way to Jairus's house. And out of all of those people, he he gets a sensation that some power has gone out of him. A little bit of his power has gone out of him. And he's like, wait a minute. I felt something. Who touched me? Who somebody touched my my garment, my, my robe. Who who was that? And it's so <clears throat> you know disciples the disciples like you know, you know they were like all these folks and you what you mean? All these people, how could you notice that somebody touched just a very hem of your garment? Like, how could you even how could you even know or sense something that minute? And you know, of course the lady, you know, she she knew that he knew that it was her. So I need to, to revisit. Let me take you back for a second to something very important. I want you to remember that this lady at this particular point, when she had touched his garment and she was out, she, she wasn't supposed to be out around nobody. She was still considered unclean. She was not supposed to be there, and most definitely not around all those people, and most, most definitely not trying to touch Jesus himself in that state that she was in. And so she realized that, okay, I'm found out. He knows it's me. He knows it's me. And so she came trembling and fell down beside him, and she declared unto him, in front of all of those people, according to scripture, the reason that she had touched him. So now she's on the spot. 
He had to stop. So the crowd is moving. He still now he stopped because she came forward. So she was in the back. She came forward. He was like, you know what? It was me, and this is the reason why I touched you. But she was healed. She was healed instantly by touching the hem of his garment. She was healed immediately. And so, no doubt, the crowd, you know, there were, these towns, cities are small. So you know that everybody knew what her issue was. Everybody knew. It wasn't a secret. So I'm quite sure, now this part isn't in the scripture, but I'm just, you know, thinking logically here, that I'm quite sure that when it was realized that this woman had tried, had even attempted to touch Jesus, let alone touch him, that the crowd was like, uh-oh, ooh. No, she didn't, because that was a very big deal back then. Religious law was very serious back then. So if it says you're unclean and you don't touch and you're not around people, then you're unclean and you don't touch and you're not around people. And then she said, I'm healed. So so I'm sure that the crowd and even the disciples probably thought that Jesus was going to scold her or you know, tell her that she was wrong for doing what she did. You know that the law says, and you're not supposed to. But instead, he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. Go on. Now, I want to switch this up for one second. I want to take a look at something. I want to do a little comparison here. And let's bring up Jairus. Now, remember, we said that Jairus was a very high person, a very high figure in the church, okay, at that time, a high religious figure. So Jesus was on his way to see somebody like that, but he stopped for this woman. So now let's let's kind of look at um, the odds, if you will the odds in this situation. Jairus was a man. This was a woman. Jairus was rich. She wasn't. Even if she was, even if at some point she had money, it tells us in the scripture in verse 43 that she spent it all on all the doctors. So she didn't have that anymore. Jairus had position and stature in the community. She didn't. She was unclean. She was totally on the out. So by man's standards, by the world standards, the lady was just out of there from the beginning. She never had a chance. She never stood a chance to get healed or for any of this to even happen to her. But yet Jesus stopped. He stopped. 
and he noticed her. He noticed when she touched him, and he acknowledged her. And not only was she healed, but he let her know that it's okay. You're not in trouble. You don't have to worry. I'm not scolding you. No matter what your condition was, it's okay. So he stopped the whole show for her as he was going to someone that the world said should have been the first priority in receiving his attention. Now I just want you all to let that marinate for a second. Because I want us to take a moment to really go inside of her mind now because I want you all to really to really think about what we're what we're what is happening here in this passage of scripture and and that's why um it was a, a lady um, a reverend called it when desperation and faith collide because think about how desperate this lady must have been to risk what she risked. You know, they stoned folks back then. They'll kill you in a minute for some stuff. Like, they actually followed the law, not like us now, where anything goes and, you know, we might follow it today, we might not follow it tomorrow, we've been in prison. No, they followed the law. So imagine how desperate she must have been to come out in her situation, in her state, to be around all of those people and to risk touching Jesus. So she was desperate. She was desperate. But at the same time that she was desperate, she had faith. It was she knew that Jesus could do it. She knew Jesus could heal her. And so that was so what what happened, what eventually happened in that situation was was the the, the union, the collision, the coming together of her desperation. And and her and her faith, because she said, "Wait a minute, he's here. I gotta do this right now. I gotta do it. I gotta get to him, so I can get my healing. I paid all my money to the doctors. I've gone and I've done everything I know how to do. I gotta get myself to Jesus because he's the only one who can help me. He's the only one I've tried, man." You know, she talked to everybody she could. Maybe she had, I don't know if she was married, but I don't know if she was married at this point now after all this, but, I'm, you know, and then everybody knows because now she has this stigma. So it was kind of a now or never thing with her. And, um, you know, Sister Danita said yesterday I took her, her quote. She said sometimes it gets to the point where you like, you know what, God, I, I, what did she say? I can't. I can't do nothing with that. <laughs> she said, I can't do nothing with that. This situation is so big. This situation is so huge. I can't do nothing with it. i got to give it over. And her desperation and her faith made her say that I can't do nothing with that. i got to give it over. I have to get myself to Jesus. She didn't care what people thought. She didn't care what might happen to her. She just knew that she had to get 
herself to Jesus. So what if she took a risk? She risked everything to get herself to him. She she took a risk. She broke all the rules. Her faith told her that she had to break man's rules to get herself to him so she could get her healing. Furthermore, she didn't allow herself to be distracted by the crowd. So, you know, you know, it's a lot of fuck. Everybody wants to, you know, trying to get to Jesus, right? We all trying to get to Jesus. All them folks was trying to get to Jesus. A whole lot of people trying to get to Jesus. And so she could have said, you know what, this is it's too many folks. There's so many people. How is he going to know? How is he going to see me? It's too many people. You know, I don't feel like competing with that, you know. But she didn't let the crowd distract her. She did not let the crowd distract her. And another thing that I want to um, to point out is if you will remember, could you mute your phone, whoever that is, could you mute your phone? Somebody's phone isn't muted. Okay. I just try to talk louder. Um, can't tell who it is. Okay. And so another another point that I really want to make is, if you remember that she she was behind and she was on. Whoever that. Somebody needs to mute their phone, please. Damn. I can't hear. Sam. Could you text Arthur and have him mute his phone? Because I think he's at school and I I can't hear. Thank you. Is that she came? I hope that you all just try to tune in for my voice. Um, another important point is that she came from behind. She was in the back and she was on kind of the perimeter and the outskirts, and she was brought forward. She was brought forward, so Jesus brought her from the back to the front. She wasn't trying to be in the front, but her face brought her from the background to the forefront. She was moved from behind to the center because of the faith that she had in what Jesus could do for her. And so those are the points that I really want to um, that I really wanted to bring to light this morning. 
And I just want to wrap it up by saying that, you know, sometimes when we get into situations and we go to so many people, you know, we call our mama, we call our sister, we call the pastor, we call our friends, our cousins, you know, we go to the doctors, we call in to the psychic lines, and we do everything to try to get an answer, to try to get our situation fixed, to try to, you know, get things taken care of. We do that, and we go to every source, every manly source, every, you know, earthly source that we can to try to to try to try get the problem solved. But sometimes we just have to take God at his word that he will, that he will solve our problems for us and we just have to take it to him. Our desperation has to collide with our faith in order for us to get what it is that we, our answer, our healing, and so forth, like this woman with the issue of blood. And we do have to give it up. Somebody asked me yesterday how we did with something. And somebody asked me um, a simple question. And that question was, have you given it over to God? Have you really just given it over to Jesus? Have you done that? And when I thought about it, the answer was no. And I had to say, you know what? No, I haven't. I have not submitted it, surrendered it. I haven't get so my desperation and my faith had not collided. It had not collided because I had not given it over. And so what I want to leave with you this morning is to just get yourself, no matter what your situation is, no matter what your problem is, no matter what you're going through, even if people judge you, even if people put a stigma on you, even if, you know, people in the world don't understand, Jesus will, just like he did not judge or criticize this lady who should have been, who should have, who should have been nervous, you know, or or scared or someone that he should have not been dealing with. She still got herself to Jesus. And so what I say to you today, saints, is just no matter what, get yourself to Jesus. Just get there. In spirit, get yourself to Jesus. It's going to church, you know, if it's going to church, get yourself there. Just get yourself there and let him do the rest. Amen. Amen. Um, Does anyone have anything they would like to share? Any comments, questions, ideas, or thoughts? I'm sorry, I I, um I tried to get a little bit louder toward the end, um, so that everybody could hear me. Does anybody have anything they would like to share in regards 
to the lesson we're reading this morning. There's so much in passages. There's so much wisdom. And uh, thank you, Lisa. I've I've read this story many times, but just now it's like I'm seeing so many different entities in the scripture since you brought it out. Um, Faith always causes you to take risks. We have to learn how to position ourselves to be healed or to be blessed. Um, I think I should tell you guys that every Saturday night, it's like a ritual now. Every Saturday night, I go through this thing. Um, I don't know what to call. I don't even know what to call it, but it's like. You don't feel good. Uh, you're not going to church tomorrow. Mm-hmm. No, you don't need to go. You're tired. Just stay in the bed. So, since I've recognized it, you know, that it's going to happen when it happens and doesn't throw me off my square. But what I have noticed is the severity of it is contingent with the level of blessing I get when I get there if I fight my way through. Now, there have been times, and this is all about positioning yourself to be blessed, as that woman did. She could have stayed at home. She could have let um, the threat of her life, the intimidation of the men, the size of the crowd, all of that, get her to the point where she just stayed at home. But she went. And she positioned herself to be blessed. Um, I've gone to church and just look, listen, look like I ain't had no parents. Look like uh, just a scalawag, somebody off them under where I can drive. Hair wasn't done, had to throw a wig on. Because my hair was so nappy, the wig sat on top of my head. So then I had to put a hat on top of the wig to make the wig lay down. And so it looked like my head was about three stories high. Runs in the stockings. I think I left out of here one time. I had on two different shoes. At least they were the same color. But all I could think of, I got to get there. I don't care if I got to sit in the back. I don't care if I got to sit in the foyer. I just got to get there. I've gone sick, hurting, crying. I got to get there. Uh, wake up 3 o'clock in the morning. Many of y'all have, you know, woke up 3, 4 o'clock in the morning or stayed up all day or fasted for 21 days. The whole thing is position yourself. you got to position yourself to, to get your blessing, to get your healing. Um, for a while, I it was too much. It was too much. So I tried to escape by sleeping it, by sleeping through it. I tried to escape um, by just getting into TV, turning off, just watching uh, what they call the binge, binge, binge watching. 
some shows that I found. Um, tragic state uh, through alcohol. You know, thank God that God knew my beginning from my end, and He made me where uh, I can't tolerate alcohol. Just the smell of it will, you know, make me pass out. So otherwise, I'd probably be an alcoholic. Just try a whole lot of different things to escape it. But in all of that, I was out of position. I was out of position. And I I, I couldn't get my healing. I couldn't get my blessing. I couldn't get my peace that I was looking for. So out of all of that, when, uh, as Lisa brought out, which was wonderful, um, when desperation and faith collides, it'll cause you to take risks. And it will cause you to do what you need to do to position yourself to um, to get blessed. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Does anyone else have anything they'd like to share in regards to the reading? Um, yes, a couple of things good about for me. One of them being the significance of the young girl being 12 years old and the fact that the woman had the issue of blood for 12 years. Mm-hmm. And then additionally, when Jesus said somebody touched his robe and he felt the virtue come out, then the disciples were like, oh, you know, it's a crowd. Yeah, people are going to touch you, but there was a difference. She touched him seeking something. She didn't just touch him and pass, and she touched him because she was expecting. And when we go to Jesus and go to God seeking, expecting, looking for something, he will be there to help us. And that's what she did. She just didn't touch him gradually. She went knowing that that was the source of her healing, the source of her deliverance, her source of her new beginning. Never tell. Oh, and thank you. I like this down, baby. That was good. That was good. Okay, mm-hmm. so you touch him just in passing. But her touch was filled with seeking and needing and wanting. Is, is that right? Is that what you said? Yeah, I think that's what she was saying. Okay. That's what, that's what she was saying. All right. Yeah, thank you. That was excellent. Thank you so much for that insight. Does anyone else have anything they'd like to share? Uh, just to piggyback off what, what Marie just said, one of the things also that stood out for me was that, um, oh, this is Felicia. One of the things that stood out for me was that, you know, just like with, um, the woman with the issue, also the, you know, the, um, uh, I, what I was seeing was the, 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 the guard, the head guard that knew the authority of Christ, you know, and, and it's just that we, if we know what his authority is, we believe the authority that he has, just like the woman with the issue of blood. We don't have to actually have him come see us specifically. 
she didn't look to have him lay hands on her, but she just she went knowing that he would heal her. And a lot of times people go to the churches and stuff seeking to have a minister lay hands for their healing. But that just shows us that we don't have to have someone literally always lay hands. If we just go into the presence of the Lord with our faith and our belief that he will do it, we will have the same outcome as somebody else who goes to actually have him lay hands on. So that was all. Thank you so much for that, Felicia. You know what you just said about being in the presence of the Lord um, reminds me of something that was, um, you know, something that was shared or something that I heard um, in a lesson. Um, well, it, it was a sermon, I think it was, where... Oh, I think it was the one that it's, it's time to go when um, Dr. Biden was talking about the presence of the Lord and, and there are certain things that the presence of the Lord accomplishes. And so... Okay. Somebody getting in trouble. So, um, you know, just, just really being in the presence of the Lord, um, spiritually, you know, really being in the presence spiritually, um, you can receive those things that that you need, like you said, without a person um, physically having to lay hands on you or without you having to go into the front of the church. Because I think that, that that's one thing that, uh, you know, as believers, that I think that um, for some of us that that's, that's a belief that we have because, you know, for so long, you know, it's, you know, if you need a healing and it's, and it's not that it can't happen, but somehow I think that we kind of have been a little bit trained to think, okay, I got to go up to the front of the church and, and have, you know, hands laid on me, or I have to have, you know, everybody come around to pray for me in order to, to get what I want from Jesus and, you know, that sort of thing. And it's not that it's wrong to do that. It's not that, but, but we can we can go to him ourselves. So I mean, you're absolutely right. Thank you for sharing that. Does anybody else have anything they like to share? Anything stick out? Um, one thing that stuck out to me, we were talking about it yesterday, is you have to know the voice of God for yourself. Because what you pointed out this. An illegal situation, she was unclean. If she'd asked anybody else, they would have told her, no, you can't do that. And that's even when you're talking made me understand why she was trembling, because she had broken the law. But you must know the voice of God for yourself so that you can stand firm on what he tells you to do in spite of man's law. That supersedes that. But if you're not connected enough and as you say, whatever whatever pushes you to that point that you're going to walk out on faith, whether it's something you've learned, 
from the Holy Spirit teach you or an act of desperation. And that's like on one end, one end of the spectrum to the other. But whatever you're walking out at that level of faith, you must know God's voice for yourself and trust him because you're stepping out where most others would tell you, no, you're wrong or don't do it. So that just gets back again. You, the, the biggest thing that one of, I'm not going to see the biggest thing. One of the most important things is, we must connect with God and his voice for ourselves so that when he tells us something, we know it's him, and we can stand firm in it. I got to hear it every day. And I, I know uh, because you don't do what you're supposed to do. I don't think you're doing what you're supposed to do. about that as okay. well, how the, the enemy will talk you into believing that you didn't hear from God. If you're not real secure in your we faith. We don't even go with shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> you say that again. You said something about being not sincere yeah. in your faith. Well, well Mark, I, I got I'm no saying here. That, uh, the enemy will make you believe that you didn't hear from God if you're not hmm. secure right. in your faith. Back it up. In reverse. Put it in like back to the, like, to the Okay, up. maybe it wasn't God. Maybe it was me that. Get out of her face. And, and, and you want to move up, baby. You it don't take that long hurt. to do that. All you got to do is hit a button. And you can hey, turn on my and pick it up, and you get it back when you get back on the screen. Right. Don't fuck with me. Hold on. I can't. Okay. Arthur? Arthur? Can you hear me? I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> did he hear, did he answer? I don't know. I, I texted him a couple of times. Okay, yeah, he he probably he doesn't realize his phone's not on mute. He yeah, probably has an earpiece in. Yep. Okay, I'm sorry. Whoever that was, could you? I couldn't hear a single thing. Could you go ahead? <laughs> it was Najima. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Najima. No, I was just saying, you know, if you're not secure enough in your faith, the enemy will make you believe that you did not hear from God. Amen. And mm. I, I know that for sure because I was not at one point secure in knowing that that was the voice that I heard. Because, you know, mm. most people believe that they will hear God in a booming voice or somebody familiar because that's how he had come to me before. But it came to me this particular time in a small, you know, whisper. And I'm like, is that God? You know, is that me or is that God? Because before he had spoken very loudly and clearly and, and let me know that, you know, that's me and, and you know it's me. So I would make decisions based off of that. But when you're, uh, when he's testing your faith, you know, do you really hear from me? And And that has happened to me, you know, I could say several times, where I was, like, questioning, did I really hear that from God? And the mm. second thing was um, I found that very, uh, the, the, this particular lesson, very um, kind of now for people who are really desperate, who who need to be in position to 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 get blessed. You you definitely have to be Ow. desperate, but your faith has to be more than the desperation. Mm. Mm. Now that's that's an interesting point. Wow. 
And what also, when you're at a point where you're trying to verify, is this from God or not, is this me, always go back to his word. He's not going to tell you anything that's contrary to his word. But now, when we're getting deeper in that, then, again, the Holy Spirit will lead you because you, you'll read a certain passage of Scripture, but then there's times when you're struggling or dealing with something and you read that very same passage of Scripture, and all of a sudden you'll, you'll, you'll get something different. Now, we break down a lot, spirit, soul, and body, that when God is revealing things to you, that's coming from your inner man from the inside. So now, again, God is a, a good and merciful God. He's not going to just throw you out there. He's going to train you and teach you these things. So the processes involved is as you're learning his voice. In other words, he's going to train you on the smaller things. So as you get into the deeper things, you can trust him more. But it will still be that same voice. And it will always be backed up with his word. If you're hearing something that is contrary to his word, then that is not God. Wow, and that's, you know what, I'm so glad you just brought that up because um, that's a good point, you know, how do you know that if it's, if it's contrary to, you're right, if it's contrary to his word, then you know it's not him. So thank you for, thank you so much for bringing, you know, that to light as well. Um, does anyone else have anything they'd like to share? Anything that hits you, anything, anything, anything? Anything going once, twice. All right. Well, I, I, you know, it is my sincere desire that the lesson this morning blessed somebody, that it gave, you know, somebody something to really think about, especially with this particular subject matter, because we all go through things, everybody goes through things, and we all have, you know, things that we're trying to work out and whatnot, things that, um, you know, circumstances and situations that happen in our lives. So, um, you know, I think that this is applicable to all of us in one way or another. Uh, and so now uh, I had asked Sister Najima to come on the line this morning. She and I were talking on Sunday about a lot of things, and she kind of shared um, some experiences that she had for herself in terms of deliverance. And with with the subject matter that we've been talking about on the line, um, and, you know, deliverance is just kind of a general, uh, you know, something that we all need and something that is applicable to everybody anyway. So I, I asked her to come on the line. Well, I was, you know, I just wanted her to come on just to partake, you know, anyway but especially to share and give a perspective of her encounter with deliverance. Um, and so, Sister Najima, I'm, without further ado, I'm just going to ask, um, in whatever way the Lord puts it upon your heart to share, you know, your experience or whatever it is that you want everyone to know. Okay. In your own way. <laughs> yeah. So, um you know, I, I, I've been with God um, actively for the last four years that I can say. And you know how you get to a point where you're like, okay, I, I'm not weeping over that anymore. I'm not um, going through that particular thing. And 
I met with my pastor, and I was like, you know, I really feel like something is, you know, not moving in the way that I believe that, you know, my faith is supposed to move it. And, you know, he 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 gave his uh, perspective, you know, it's a, it could be a number of things uh, personally or spiritually going against you. So um, one night I was, I like to listen to uh, Pastor Hannah from time to time, and he did a periscope, and um, somehow I found this uh, deliverance minister's name of faith. And... Uh, some of the things that she talked about uh, when it comes to uh, being delivered, uh, specifically your bloodline, specifically um, demon possession, it was like, okay, my antennas start going up because I'm like, in order for me to get to this next level, it's definitely something that... um, I feel like it's blocking. So uh, it happened to be a particular weekend that my family and I go away, but she called a fast. Now, mind you, I didn't made a fruit tray, a vegetable tray. I shredded some barbecue chicken, and I'm taking all of this with me. But I, because I wanted some answers, I did not partake in any food from Friday until Sunday morning at 6 o'clock in the morning because I wanted answers. On Friday night, we had prayer at midnight. So uh, there was, uh, so she taught on uh, how to pray for uh, your sins and how to pray against uh, spirits that were holding you bound. And I manifested two spirits. Not that particular weekend, but, you know, as as I got to know this woman. And one of them was an 11-year-old spirit named Lisa. She came through in in the, well, her legal right was to me through masturbation. And she said she had been with me since I was 11 years old. And uh, that was the reason. So I was... Uh, at some point in my life, self-soothing because my father had been murdered when I was seven. I was molested um, by two girls when I was eight and nine. So by 11, you know, that was pretty much the way I soothed myself. So she told, you know, uh, the minister that that's how she got in. And when, you know, she she. She manifested through me. I could hear this spirit speaking, but I could not. Um, I could not interrupt while she was asking. So after you know the spirit was gone, I absolutely felt like something had lifted off of me. So I'm like, okay, and then I started talking about these dreams that I was having. Um, previous, before the end of the year, I was having these dreams. One of the dreams was that um, I was in a pool of water and there was these alligators and the water was clear. And, I mean, I could absolutely see these things. And, and, and when I talked to the minister about it, she talked about uh, this 
particular uh, demon who kind of gets in everybody in the marine kingdom, Leviathan. And I'm like, I've heard that before, but I'm not absolutely certain. So the next deliverance call that I was on, he uh, talked about this stubborn spirit that was would not leave. And um, come to find out that spirit was in me. But she had to call the chariots of Jesus from Revelation to cast this demon out. He was laughing at her. He um, he he was telling her that he he had possession of me, and he he got possession uh, through to me through my bloodline. And she was like, "Well, do you realize that she repented and forgave?" and is now living her life for Christ, that you don't have a legal right to her anymore. And the minute she said, the chariots of Jesus are coming after you, do you see them, this demon started crying, like crying. And like I said before, I could hear these things coming out, but I could not interrupt because it was the the demon that was, you know, speaking at the time. And once the the demon was cast out, when I say from feet to fingertips, and I felt as though something had left my body through the top of my head. Now I feel like I'm this real, like this this blank slate that God can pretty much do anything with. Because I I'm free, if that makes any sense to anybody. Um, I had a spirit husband, and this uh, spirit came to me to reveal himself. He really wanted to be found out. I was uh, dozing off to fall asleep, and um, and I felt something in the room. But you know how you just like oh. You know, whatever that is, it could it could be anything. And I felt like maybe it was that feeling. You know, I don't know what it is. So I'm laying in my bed. I dozed off to sleep, and all of a sudden, I can't breathe. Like, I literally jump up because I have this sensation. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> I have this sensation that I cannot breathe. And so I lay back down, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, I suffer from allergies, so I'm attributing this uh, feeling with not being able to breathe with my allergies. So I lay back down, and, again, I feel like I'm being choked, like somebody is hovering over me with their hands on my throat. I, I jump up again. I'm like, okay, this is crazy because <laughs> that's not that's twice. So the third time I'm laying there and I feel this pressure around my neck. God said, "Open your eyes." I open my eyes. I didn't jump up. I just opened my eyes and I was face to face with a demon in my room. I jumped up. I started declaring the word of God. He had no uh, 
right to be in my home. He had to be cast out. And from that day forward, I re- this happened before my deliverance. But before that, I had never encountered a demon in that way. Now, I knew that, you know, that they exist and they use people and, you know, all the stories that you hear growing up about, you know, Bible times and, and people being demon-possessed, but you never think that it could be you or that he could be using you to do things because you just don't think, you don't think the Bible is as relevant today as it was back then, but it's even more relevant today than it was back then because of the things that we're facing now. Um, I, I'm just so grateful to be um, sharing, to, to, you know, express revelations because God is who he says he is, and we can take him for his word. I, I am a true, true testament to that. And I just know that uh, from now on, going, going forward, that my life is, is, is his. It's, it just is. So, I mean, does anybody have any questions or? Wow. Wow. I think that 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 is. I think that everybody's probably letting that soak in. <laughs> you know, just kind of letting that soak in. Sam, are you there? Yeah, I got a couple of things, but I'm getting ready to change phones, and then I'll get it back on in a second. All right, because I was going to say that I, if you don't mind, I would like for you to take to take the wheel from this because you you know about this stuff and you know what how to steer it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I'll be back on the phone in a second. Okay. All right. Okay. Wow. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Who was that? Good morning. Hey. Who was that? Renee. Hey. Hey. Did you hear? <laughs> did you hear the sharing? Uh, yeah, I did. Oh, okay. So does anybody have anything that any questions for Najima after hearing that? I'm sure there's well, gotta be something that's flowing is in, in you all's minds after hearing something like that. Okay, I do have a comment and it was something that I heard yesterday. And uh matter of fact it was just he was talking to somebody from um Michigan or Flint, Michigan, about their water problem. Mm-hmm. And he made a very good point. He said, here it is, they got Homeland Security and all this other stuff for all these people who they don't want to come over this way, who um, are threatening us with terrorism. And here, in our own midst, it's one of our own that we voted in, that, that the people had voted into office. And at that point, when he said it, everybody just had like an aha moment, like, wow. Because here we're looking for the so-called enemy to do something to us. But when we got people in our own camp that's trying to take us out, let it be for monetary gains, you know, with under um, 
it's a it's a selfish greed type reason why they did it. And so now when you got people thinking that, oh well that's just there, no, because before they talked about Flint, Michigan, there's a little town next to me called Chriswood. And they had just gotten a lady over there for allowing some contaminated water to be funneled through the town. And she said her boss told her to do it, but she's the one that's serving the time. So for your comment about that demon. Yeah, I just heard that. It gets around. It gets around. And we are, we've been told over the years, demons and devils, they, 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 they change their appearance. They can look at something so angelic. And it says, be careful what comes to you that looks nice. Because it may not be a true form of what you think you're talking or, or, or dealing with. And it's like, like they tell people, your first impression is your lasting impression. For most kind people and uh, people who like to manipulate, they will be totally dressed perfect. Now, as you get to know them and you start peeling back those layers, you start seeing something that don't look like for what you had saw in the natural image. You start seeing a true self. So just mm. like with in your demon, you, 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 you can feel them there, but then you actually have a chance to face them. Mm-hmm. And that mm. would really surprise you because at that point, you didn't rec- you didn't ever recognize them before. You just knew something was off. And I know, like with my grandfather, he um, used to tell me and my cousin, you know, he said it's going to be a time we don't get to walking amongst demons. The thing about it is, we don't recognize them, and that's our odd and, and wild moment. So. Going back to God's resume, which is the Bible, Jesus' resume, which is the Bible, we have to go back and read all his words in order to help us through it and recognize these demons. And we can't go back to the point of being physically abusive to them, but to fight them with the word. Because those ladies have to go back into physically fighting them, we're also taking on the mindset of the devil. That's why Jesus had told Peter about cutting off the centurion's ear. But no, we ain't on that. We ain't on that. We're not here to maim anybody. We're not here to physically hurt anybody. We're trying to get them to have a change of mind to get back to you. Because they even had everything there for us that we needed and that was good for us. It was the one thing that was told to us not to do that we wouldn't do it just because we were told not to do it because that is sparked our curiosity. Hmm. And, you and know, that's... just like um, now you have a lot of things out here for where they said other countries won't accept these additives and stuff like that to their country for their people to deal with. How come America is accepting them? But then in the meantime, we keep wondering, why are the kids coming up with old people diseases? Why are people um, dying off? Why are people losing their minds? 
And that's a really, um, that's an interesting, um, wow, that's an interesting way to look at it. Would anybody like to comment on that? Does anybody, does anybody have anything, um, does anyone, you know, have anything else they'd like to Yeah, I, I'm just getting back on. I just missed the last uh, comment. Okay. Well, that's okay. You can go ahead and um, uh, I said that you can go ahead and, and say, you know, you can go ahead and begin. Oh, okay. Well, I was just, uh, what's your friend's name again? Najima. Najima? Mm-hmm. Okay, a uh, couple of questions. Okay, um, you, okay. Well, when when were you born again? When were you saved? Uh, seven years ago. Okay, and so you just started getting these things, these revelations within the last couple of years or so about deliverance and stuff. Yes. Okay. And like that spirit that was upon you since you were like eleven years old. When it ended. All right. Um, don't have to give me your exact age, but just approximately how old are you now? About forty-one. All right. Main reason I'm just bringing that out, and, and which is the deliverance aspect of of um, being born again. You've had spirits. Okay, the difference when you're born again with the spirit is when you're born, before you were saved, that spirit was actually inside of you. But once you're born again and your spirit comes alive, that spirit can't be inside of you. And that's kind of like what the minister was talking about, that he has no legal right to be there. But, again, we need to understand the importance of deliverance because, yes, you're born again and your spirit is saved, but you still need to be cleaned up. So that spirit is not inside of you, but it's like... It's not inside of your spirit, but it's inside of your soul, and it's, it's like riding upon you. Right. And, and that's what a lot of believers don't even understand or recognize deliverance, the importance of it. And we'll actually run away from it, but then, like you say, you're getting beat up. you had gotten to the point that I need some help, and I'm not going anywhere. And that stuff, that's the type of thing that makes us open up to the spiritual aspects because majority of us don't want to deal with it because it's scary or we don't like it's really it's not known it's it's, it's like a eerie type of thing so we'll pull away from it rather right. than actually learning about it which is what we need to do right right because i don't even i actually when she asked me how did she find me i i actually could not tell her how because nobody that i know knows her like nobody <laughs> <laughs> And she was like, well, I mean, it was a, a divine appointment because God wanted you to be free. I mean, I had no, like, when I say I have been doing everything that I thought possible to, to be pleasing to God. I, you know, I fast as much as possible. I get rid of things. I'm learning how to throw things away. I mean, I'm just going through this person thing, and I'm still not feeling Free, but you know, right. free from whatever it is. I I just could not put my finger on it, and uh, thank you, God. And now I feel 
like I said, I feel like a blank slate. Like he can do anything with me right now, anything, you know, for his glory because I know that, you know, I'm free. Mm-hmm. Can I can I comment on this? Go ahead. Now, you know, when you're born. Okay, and you know, even though we were born in the system. Can you break out when you watch? Yeah, I about to say I can't hear you. Physical. Cleaned up right after you was born. You said when you were born in the physical, the doctors cleaned you off after you were born. Yeah. Okay. They cleaned you up. They checked you out. They made sure that what they can see so far, everything was was everything was good. Okay, now, course then, you were taught into what expect in the physical, what was expected of you in the physical. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you're reborn again. Now we're being cleaned up, and to also know what's expected of us in the spirit. Yeah. So out of that, you know, you know, you know, when kids get around to one years old, which I call the terrible twos, because the twos are really the treacherous threes. Mm-hmm. Everything are, are, are hard to you. Well, I can go ahead and do this, but then too, with us being their direct, you know, hot. Yeah, she's that's hot. That's cold. Um. Okay, what's up, Teach about stars. Okay, but being born again for the spiritual, we also have to know, learn, and know about learn the spiritual in order for us to be under, you know, with fully, fully him and understand the relationship with him. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, Hello? I can yeah. I can't really hear yeah, you, Sam, can, you. Can, if I'm trying to figure out what, what that is, I can't really She was kinda of going in and out. I don't know if it's something with a phone or what. Okay. But I know one thing she said about being born again and being cleaned up and basically like learning in the spiritual thing. Um, also, I want to bring out about certain gates that have been opened in her life. And that's, again, the enemy uses uses these things. She was talking about the death of her father and then that the things that happened to her with, with uh, the other two young girls. Come on. Again, the enemy uses stuff to open gates up in our life, and we're not recognizing or understanding at that point in time, you know. And but once it's it's like process. Okay, we're talking about processes of getting it out. Where was processes that got it in? Right. And once these things get strongly so rooted inside, it doesn't just come out easily, you know. Um, most of the time. I mean, I God always be God. He can do things how He wants to, but majority of the time, it, it, it requires a lot more than just you know a prayer to get right. something out. And, um, just like somebody talked about, you know, somebody had been 
they got born again and all of a sudden they had no more desire for drinking, whereas somebody else, they had to go, you know, a period of time to get that cleaned up out of their life. So we, we, can't, we are not in a position of being God, but we just need to learn about his word and let it grow inside of us, and it will clean us up. That's right. And the one thing about deliverance, to be very honest with you, you got to be grown up to a certain level before you can even begin to <laughs> look at and deal with that aspect of. I know, I know. You definitely do, cause you'll that, feel yeah, like. A, go ahead. <laughs> I like, cause you'll feel like you know you're the only one out here. Yeah. You know. True. True. And and the, the the devil will try to isolate you in, in that mm-hmm. those areas too to make you think that you know oh that ain't real or right. you know right please I was ready and, and then nowadays in our society what we'll do and I'm not there I think that we need to have medicines and drugs for the they'll dope you up in a minute and give it a label and keep you on drugs and throw you in a in a, in a, in a yes. yeah yeah. You know, so yeah. not saying they are not, you know, physically. And see, that's why I love the thing of breaking things down, spirit, soul, and body, the three aspects, because there are things that go on physically that need to be treated with, with our medication. But right. if you understand that you are a triune being and that when you do things in one entity, it affects the other. So depending on what's going on in your walk or your life, for example, perfectly, if you keep, if you, if, okay, let's say like this. Somebody does something to offend you. And again, we're talking about processes. And mm-hmm. for whatever reason, you are offended, but instead of getting over and giving forgiveness, you hold that grudge. You hold that grudge so long, that grudge turns into bitterness. Mm-hmm. You keep bitterness so long, you begin to develop physical ailments, stomach problems, cancer, all those types of things. So it starts in one area, and if it's not dealt with, it transfers into other arenas. So now you got something in your emotional arena, which is that 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 unforgiveness, mm-hmm. which is translated to your physical arena, which resulted in cancer, um, stomach ulcers, that type of thing. And it's the same thing spiritual. So that's why I love break, getting understanding in things spirit, soul, and body. And if you would treat the whole being, if you give the spirit what it needs, the soul what it needs, the body what it needs, then that helps you to overcome things much quicker. Again, again because it take, it's taking years for it to get inside of you, so normally it's going to take years for it to come out of you. Yeah. By society standards. Wow. But I also found that I I was holding uh, resentment against my sister in this process, too. And, I mean, like, we're like the coolest friends now, but um, when we were younger, she used to jump on me. Like, I would say stuff that she didn't like. She would fight me. And I, I really did not understand why. And I was at a point where I felt like, you know, I was over it. But obviously I had not really forgiven her. Mm-hmm. So I had to dig that up and deal with that. And then my ex-husband, I had resentment against him. And I'm like, man, I thought I was over it. Like, you know, but I, these are, the, you know, questions that came out and, and issues that I, I really 
felt like I dealt with, but I really had not. Mm, Come on now. I just just suppressed them, you know? And and you know what, too? You said something about your sister. Uh, You know, most people don't understand a lot of times that how much demons are influencing them to do stuff. And, and I, I mean, children of God as well as the children of the devil. And, and, yeah. and, 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 you know, through discernment, us as mature saints need to get to the point to recognize that when somebody says, because God got to just show you something sometimes. People say something to me sometimes, and I'm like, and then later on, I go, that was an enemy speaking to me. Mm-hmm. And so when you reckon that when God, again, mature saint, or as my says, season saints, when you get to the point that God begins to show you those things and you're getting attacked through people, and it might be through your family, yeah, recognize it that if the enemy attacks you, get over your, your emotional, why are they saying that? The devil saying that through them to keep you frustrated and mad. Marie, Marie ministered to me and my daughter the other day, and she was talking about how the enemy is trying to drive her a wedge between us. You know, and, and, and so when you recognize, recognize that this person is just the devil doing it through somebody, or literally when that spirit speaking through somebody, don't just look at it for what it is and, and, and don't get caught up in it and just, just leave it alone. Yeah. Yeah. That is so true because you know what? It, it, it took someone to remind me of that very fact. You know, someone has said something to me that was just out true, man. Somebody ever said something to you that was just so out of pocket and so out of order that you're just like, whoa, wait a minute. What is that? Like, it just totally throws you off. Especially if it's something that is out of character for a person. And you know, that happened to me. And so I was sharing it with a very, very good friend of mine. And she said, Don't fall for it. She said, Do not fall for that. Because it wasn't that person. That was a demon speaking through that person. And who better mm-hmm. than someone, you know, who you love and someone who. Um, you know, who has access to you like that. And, you know, when she said, if there was somebody just a regular Joe off the street, would you care? Like, would you really care? Right. And no. That's why, you know, a person uh, like that will be will be used to do the most damage and that we can never forget that when we speak, you know, be careful about how you respond to the person because it's not the person. Dr. Smith said, she said, 
you need to attack the sin, not the person. So mm-hmm. there were times where I, I worked in special ed, and these little kids, I swear to God, were demon-possessed. And mm-hmm. um, I used to always say, I see you, devil. And and the kids that would look like they were getting ready to do something to me would turn and go the other way. And I'm like, mm-hmm, I see you. Wow. You think I don't see you? I see you. And you're not going to use that little girl to beat up on me today. But this mm. one little girl, she used to fight me every single day. And nobody wanted to be bothered with this girl. And I would leave work. I worked with her four days a week. I would leave work and just cry. Like, nobody wants to be bothered with her. My supervisor don't want to give her to nobody else because he's afraid they may abuse her because of the way she's abusive. And uh, I remember driving into work one day, and God said, love the unlovable. And I was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) I was like, no, I don't want to love her. I want to hit her back. (laughs) He's like, I know you do, Najima. but that's why I gave, I made your boss give her to you because you're not going to put your hands on her. Mm. Mm. And then the, the one day I left, I was so happy because the next day that I was supposed to return to work, I wasn't going to have her. Somebody else was. So I was so happy. I got to work and found out that I had her. I, my <laughs> attitude immediately shifted. <laughs> and God was like, be flexible. I'm like, I am flexible. I, you know, I think I'm being flexible. He's like, no, you're not. You you want to be comfortable. You want to do things that you want to do. But you are on assignment. And wow. when I finally talked talk to her mother, her mother uh, is a believer, and she was like, I thank God every day that you had her. Like, you really set the tone. You set the bar for what I expect from your company. And I was like, hmm. Wow. Like, she had mm. nothing but good things to say about me, uh, the way I explained how our days went and how she need not worry about her daughter. She was just like, Najima, you really put me at ease because, you know, in the 18 years that my daughter has been on this earth, she's only been at home. She's only terrorized me. She's only, mm. you know... And um, I'm just so grateful that I can sleep at night knowing that, you know, somebody (laughs) in that building cares for her. I was like, it ain't easy. I ain't going to lie to you. (laughs) But I I know that I uh, I I was meant to be with her. I played one of her demons, though. Me and one of my, uh, yeah, me and one of my African friends, everybody was gone, and she just said the blood of Jesus is against you because she really wanted to fight that day. And I was the only female left there, and it was him, but he had a difficult kid too. And uh, his kid was being, you know, a perfect angel. He was like, Najima, we going to pray. As soon as, you know, his kid go in the room, we going to pray. And I, we just started praying. And she laid out like she had been slaved. Wow, really? Yes, yes, on the floor. We just prayed the blood of Jesus over her the whole time, and she just laid out like like she had been slain. And ever since then, 
I mean, no, no matter who she had, they didn't have any problems with her. And, you know, that's an interesting thing because I know that I myself, when I would hear about demons and stuff, I'd be like, come on, man, that's just something on TV. Like, I just, I was like, no, come on now. Mm-hmm. You know, but, as you know, the more, I mean, you know, because there's one thing for you to hear about. Or you finding the oil. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, one thing to hear about spirits, but it's another yeah. thing to, you know, like like you said, you actually Mom, saw the demon. And I know that um, we have to, um, is Pam on the line? I'm still here. Pam, Pam, wasn't that you that was saying that you had an experience in your house? You looking for Pam? Well, yeah, yeah Pam, is Pam on the line? Can you give me a piece of that? She's not here. Tomorrow. Okay. Okay. I thought that. Um, Lisa, that was me. Lisa, that was me. I was, are you asking okay. for my dad or Pam? I thought, okay, who? I, I know that I had, Pam had shared something. Mom, what was your experience? Have a good day. Me, 
I mean, it was, I never felt anything like that before. Like, my life was in danger. And um, I remember I was getting ready to throw one leg over the bed so that I could get up. And immediately, a voice said, don't get up. And I looked to the side, my door, bedroom door was cracked. And I saw this small figure in the door. Uh, it was it was like a shadow. And it said, don't get up. Now I remember saying, no, I got to get up. I got to get to the word. I got to get to the word. And I threw um, an arm over and the voice got stronger, and it said, I said, don't get up. And I looked over at my door, and there was another demon there, but this one was bigger. And I remember starting to cry. And I said, but I got to get up. I got to get up. I got to. I got to. I got to get to the Word. And so uh, I, I started trying to prop myself up, and I threw the other leg over. And my body felt like it weighed a ton, and I could hardly move my limbs. Almost like it was, they weren't paralyzed. I could move them, but they were so heavy. And I looked, and and this voice like thunder came and said, if you get up, I'm going to kill you and your children. And I looked at my door, and the, the figure just filled the doorway. And I remember starting to tremble. I broke out into a sweat, and I started crying. And I just kept saying, but I got to get up. I got to get to the Word. And from somewhere, another voice came and said, speak the Word. Say the 23rd Psalm. Say, say, uh, say the Lord's Prayer. Just say it out loud. Say it out loud. And I remember trying to say it, and after the first line, it was just like my mind went blank. I said, but I can't remember. I can't remember. And the voice said, that's why you got to get up. That's why you got to get up. Get up, get up, get up. And I remember just throwing myself out of the bed. It's like, it's like from somewhere inside of me, it's like, I don't know. Maybe it was desperation colliding with faith. But I threw myself out the bed and... The the uh the figures disappeared, and I got to the couch. I was in the living room. I remember almost just having to crawl there because my body was so heavy, and I just felt spent. And I got to I got to the couch where I had already set up my Bible and stuff because I knew I was gonna do it that morning. And I just remember grabbing hold to that Bible like it was um, a face mask. You know how when a, a plane getting ready to crash. And the face mask, Lord, will come out. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. remember grabbing that Bible and just holding it like I was holding that that a face mask, like I would just die if I didn't get it. And um, I never knew uh, what that was. For a minute, I thought maybe I was just crazy. Uh, for a minute, I thought maybe I was dreaming. For a minute, I thought, I don't know what I thought. It was just so far beyond anything I had ever experienced or imagined. So I don't know what I thought. But I tell you what I did. (laughs) 
I opened that Bible and I prayed and I read and I prayed and I read and I prayed and I read. And uh, oh, there have been times. Oh, no. Huh? I think that was the that was the first time anything like that had happened to me, and I think that's what really made me know that there is a a, a demon world. You know, there's there's an evil spiritual presence that um, that's very real. I've had other encounters since then that just only confirmed that. Um, but I wasn't nearly as cool as uh, your friend was. It 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 blew me away. I oh, didn't... she? Oh, Najima, she's still here? Najima, you still alive? Yes, ma'am. You said you But you I know that feeling. <laughs> I, I wasn't nearly as cool as you were, ma'am. I've been there, too. I have seen stuff in the doorway, and I just dismissed it. Like, I don't have no reason to be scared, but then that one that was on top of me, I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> this ain't and right. You know, when you first shared the, the story with me in the Dream at Church, one thing that you shared that stuck out that stuck out to me was when you said, that you automatically started quoting scripture. When you felt like you were being choked, you said you automatically started to quote scripture. And that really stood out for me because it's something that we always say on the line. You know, if, you know, you got to have a scripture in your head and a song in your heart and, and all that. But that situation, and mom, you too, that situation that you guys uh, – those, both of those situations just go to show why it is so important because in situations like that, you have to pull out the words. you got to fight them. I'm serious. you got to fight them. Yeah. He's talking about, you know, somebody, you know, gave you a thank face and didn't say good morning or somebody pulled into your parking face and you're like, oh, Jesus wept. No, that's when you're in a fight for your life, and it's very serious, and you're on his ground. So that's why, you know, that is an illustration Case the point of why it's so important to study and know at least you know how you spell three or four of them in your uh, article. And even if you don't know them verbatim, you just say God's word says. Period. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, uh-huh. you may not be but, able to pull that specific, but to pull some together, they mm-hmm. all work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Like, when that, when that, when that. When you see something like that, and you know we, I don't know about you all, uh, but I know Lisa, you do, because we watched like horror movies and movies like this together, mm-hmm. and the first thing out of our mouth is, well, you should have did that, so why, you know, we hollering at the screen, do this, do that. But baby, mm-hmm. when it's you, mm-hmm. when it's you, it's a totally different story. And when that fear grips you and you're face-to-face with something like that, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like Virginia said, uh, them exact words might not come, mm-hmm. you know, but you can say, you know, but God says, and you paraphrase it any way you can. You mm-hmm. know, the enemy, he knows what you're doing. 
He knows the right. words, and even if you can't get out thou sayest and thusest and all of that, you you know you say something along the line. I paraphrase what the word says, and uh, he'll get it. But you know, like you said, that that under that underlies underlines the the urgency, the importance, the overwhelming due diligence that we must have to get God's word on the inside of us. You know, when we um. I think, Lisa, you told me you had driven past the ATM with Maya. And Maya, uh, mm-hmm. or, or something, and Maya said, well, Mommy, just get the money out. And you said, oh, well, yeah. you got to put the money in before you can get it out. You know, so it's the same thing with the word. When you when you get in any kind of situation where evil is present and he's threatening you. Or you got to say you something. Gotta, you can't be quiet. That's right. You definitely that's can't, right. You or gotta even say if... Um, or Jesus. if you're face-to-face with someone that, that needs, that, that's in desperate need, you know, they're getting ready to kill themselves or they're getting ready to kill somebody. Oh, or, my God. Or, or anything. Whenever you get in those situations, you've got to have something ready. And you can't say, wait, let me go get my Bible. It has to be in there because right. the longer it's in there, the, more, the stronger it gets in your faith. And so when you say it, and you've been in the presence of God, when you say it, you say it under the power of the anointing, and the word has effect. Uh, I had a a nightmare once. um, um, I was in this broken-down house, and this vampire was getting ready to kill me. And I had this big old cross on my chest, right, Uh, a necklace. And I said, oh, I'm not afraid. I got my cross. And I held it up to him. And he started laughing and said, it don't do no good if you don't believe. Mm. And so I, I think about that word. The, the word um, has to get in you and it has to take root in you. And you know the, the deeper that the root grows into the ground, the stronger the tree is. Yeah. So that I gotta go later. Okay, sweetheart. Have a good Love day. Love you guys. I'll see you guys what next Tuesday Wednesday? I don't know. Bye <laughs> Hi, baby. Okay. Love you guys. Have a good day. All right, you too. Go ahead. What were you saying? You know, you just you know, you have to stay in the word and let that world world grow in you so that mm-hmm. when you do speak when you do get into a crisis and you and you speak it, you're speaking mm-hmm. it with in faith and conviction, um, because you've used it and you know mm-hmm. what it does. But you definitely don't have time to go look it up. Exactly. You gotta have it ready. You gotta have it ready. Mm-hmm. Would anybody else like to share? Anybody? Feel free to chime in if you have anything. Anything at all? Cricket? Okay. All right. Well, if there's, um, you know, nothing that anybody would like to share regarding um, this conversation, of course, you want to thank the Dima for coming on. I think she's going to be a regular. Um. <laughs> uh, but we definitely want to thank her for having the courage to come on and share 
the things that that she shared and you know, I think that speaks volumes too about the individuals on the line. I noticed, you know, how we are comfortable with sharing what really are the intimate details of our lives and our struggles and our situations, our past. So I know I personally just wanna uh say, you know, how much I appreciate the fact that I personally can be comfortable with doing so. And it speaks volumes to the spirits of the people on the line. So I personally just want to thank everybody for that. Um, now we can go ahead and transition into prayer. We can go ahead first and do the normal list, and then we can go to individual prayer requests. Um, now, the, who knows the list? I, I always feel so silly because I always feel like I'm forgetting something. Renee, you know the list, don't you? Renee, you want? Everybody on mute. But who's who's there? Who's still on the line? I am. Okay. Who is that? It's Brown. Okay. And who else, Sam? You still here? I'm still here. All right, because I know I'm trying to figure out because I'm I'm gonna sign. Who Renee? Are you still on the line? Who's still on the line? Can you announce yourself, please? Good morning, everyone. This is Erica. All right. Good morning, Miss Erica. Good morning. You at work? (laughs) Um, No, ma'am. You know why I'm asking, don't you? Yeah. (laughs) She's like, Dad, what should I say? How should I answer that question? Yeah. Hold on, like though. Yeah, hold on, hold on. Okay. All right, so we have, okay, I'm just trying to figure out if Brene and Pam are on the line. I know Felicia is on mute because she's working. I know Denise is on mute. So we're just going to go ahead and start um, with the list. We have... I might go out of order because I'm trying to remember them. So this is probably going to be out of order. I don't even know if it is a particular order. Um, We have churches and congregations and missionaries. I know we have that. Then we have abuse and addiction. So can we take those first two? Who would like to do the the, um, missionaries and churches and congregations? Do we have a taker for that? Any takers? All right, I guess that'll be me. All right, would anybody like to do abuse and addiction? Abuse and addiction. Anybody? Anybody feel moved to pray? All right, I guess I'll be taking that too. All right. Oh, Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning uplifting uh, churches and congregations and missionaries. Right now, we just are asking for a shifting. We're asking for a shifting for 
churches and congregations, churches in the body of Christ in general. We just ask for shifting uh, back towards you. We're asking for a revival. We like to see a revival just fall over the land for the church to be revived back to the way that it's supposed to be. We just ask that you just come and just set things right, set things the way that you will have for them to be. We ask that you just bless the leaders over the churches because they are the shepherds of the flock. So we just ask that you just start with the head and then just flow through the entire body right down to the little bitty babies who are in the church. We just ask the church be a beacon of light, that it just be that city set up on the hill so that those out in the cities will look to the church for a place to, as a place to go when they are in need, when they are in need spiritually as well as things that they need in the flesh, oh God. We ask that the church be restored back to what it was originally meant to be as far as helping people, as far as being beyond the four walls. We ask that you take the business out of the church. So many churches now are their businesses, their businesses. <clears throat> and we uh, have kind of lost our way in terms of going out and actually ministering to people and actually helping the people. So we just ask for a restoration and a revival in those respects. In terms of the missionaries, we ask that you just fortify your missionaries to go out into the world to share your word, to share your love and your joy and your peace, that you just put a hedge of protection around them, that you provide safety, that you touch their their lips, that you touch their hearts so that the words that flow out of them will be what you would have them to say. And we ask that you just open up the hearts of those um, who are in receipt of those words that they should receive the things that they need and that their faces are turned towards you. Abuse and addiction. Lord, we uh, also come before you lifting up those who are abused, those who are addicted this morning. We ask that whatever the root cause of the problem is that is causing these pathological behaviors, we ask that you just come in and do a cleaning, that you do a cleansing, that you remove anything that is not of you inside of both the individual who is receiving the behavior and those who um, are perpetrating the behavior. So, God, we ask that you just remove anything that's not like you, that you replace all of those spirits that should not be there with your spirit of love, with your spirit of peace, with your spirit of joy inside of them. We ask that you just touch anybody who has been affected in the situation or especially the little bitty babies, especially the children uh, who who are affected residually by those who are abused, abuses um, and those who are addicted. And we know that addiction is more than just drugs and alcohol. There's so many things that a person can be addicted to. So we just ask that whatever it is that the person is looking for, whatever void it is that that it needs to be filled, that you just go in with the bomb of Gilead and that you just fix and you just soothe and you just fill those voice with your Holy Ghost, oh God, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, All amen. Right. All right, we got, um, we got, um, 
knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. With knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, understanding, and and I'm gonna throw discernment on there because that's a that's a big one. Um, Erica, can you pray, hon? Can you do that one? You back, Erica? Okay, she has. I think she has to step away for a minute. Okay, who who would like to take that, mother? Oh, you said wisdom, understanding, and discernment? Knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, and discernment. You can just throw them all in in the same pot if you want to. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before your throne of grace, O God, petitioning you, asking you, even pleading with you, Father, for these requests are so for our spiritual health and our intimacy with you, God, wisdom and understanding and discernment. These are things that we need, God, that we must have and that come only from you, Lord. We know that there's wisdom of the world, Father, but we're talking about the wisdom that comes down from you, God, your wisdom, godly wisdom that we need in order to make decisions, God, in order to know what to do, Heavenly Father, so that our lives will glorify you and, and, and edify our brothers and sisters in Christ. God, we need your wisdom. And then, Lord, we need understanding to know what the wisdom, what to do with the wisdom that you have blessed us with. God, you could give us wisdom and we have no understanding as to what to do with it. God, we need understanding. We need to be able to understand when people mistreat us. We need to be able to understand uh, what to do next and, and how to do it, oh, God. We we need you, Lord. And we realize that understanding does not make us feel better. But, God, understanding will let us know that we do need to lean on you to know what to do with it. Heavenly Father, we need discernment, Lord God, discernment to know your voice when we hear it, discernment to know what other people are feeling so that we know how to help them, discernment, oh God, to know what to do next. They're all connected by wisdom, understanding, and discernment, Lord. We need discernment to know when the enemy is attacking us, God, so that we know we can take your wisdom to know what to do with that attack and how to counterattack that attack. Heavenly Father, we need you, Lord. It is in you that we live and move and have our being. We need your wisdom. We need your understanding, and we need your discernment in order to stand strong in you, in order to be vessels that can be used by you, Heavenly Father. We pray that you just anoint us with these gifts, Anoint us with these things that we need so that we can be all we can be in you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Since you're on the roll, how about prayer shifting ministries and their families? That's the name of this ministry. Prayer shifting ministries and their families. Prayer shifting ministries and their families, God. I lay this ministry on the altar. 
before you, Heavenly Father. Asking for your continued anointing on it. Asking for your continued blessing of it. Asking for your continued strength through it. Let it be, O oh God, a, a, a light set on a hill for all to see. Let it be salt of the earth, O oh God, that has not lost its Savior. Heavenly Father, let it be a soothing melody in the hearts of those who hear it, O oh God. Let it be courage to those who have lost their sight and their courage, O oh God. Let it be strength through the weak, O oh God. Let it be a soothing voice to those who are grieving, Father. Use it for your glory, O oh God. I pray for the families, O oh God. Lord, those who are on this prayer line, those who are heading this call and who are in places of responsibility in this ministry, O oh God have been called to a higher plane, and thereby, Heavenly Father, their fights have been made harder because of this calling. So, Heavenly Father, I pray for extra strength and wisdom and courage, discernment, wisdom, understanding, power, um, long-suffering and patience for them, God, as they deal with their families and as they deal with their lives and their children and as they deal with each other, Father, for we know one of the enemy's long-time strategy has been to divide and conquer. So, God, I pray for unity in the families of prayer-shifting ministries. I pray for the unity of those who are in places of responsibility for prayer-shifting Ministries. I pray that they not get weary in well-doing, O oh God. I pray that they not get discouraged, O oh God, when it seems like things aren't coming together as they should, O oh God. I pray for a, 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 a mind of commitment that no matter what comes, they will continue to do what you have called them to do until you release them from it, O oh God. And Father, just continue to be in the midst continue to be in the midst. Come sit on the throne of our hearts. Reign, rule, and abide. Touch, heal, save, and deliver as we come together, God, for your glory. And we may do your will, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Um, you want to do, well, uh, you want to go ahead and do the one for marriage because that's your, kind of your thing. For marriage, what is it, marriages and families? Marriage. Heavenly Father, you said in your word, and it's described that marriage is holy. But, Father, we've taken it and made it something completely different. I ask that you would restore, put the holy back in marriage, God. Give the wife the desire only for her husband. Give the husband a desire only for his wife. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, return unto them the joy and the love that they first felt when they met each other, Heavenly Father. Deepen their love to death that they have never known, Heavenly Father. Take their love and understanding to new heights in you. Give them an understanding, a real understanding of agape love, the kind of love that you have for them. Let them have for each other. 
Heavenly Father. That just them know that true love doesn't count wrongs, oh God. It doesn't keep track with what you said, but it forgives, Heavenly Father. Let you be the third chord in that three-chord strand in every marriage that has come together, Heavenly Father. Lord, I pray that they would not give up when things get, get rough, but that they will seek your guidance. And when life would throw them down, let them fall on their knees when they fall, Heavenly Father. That they would pray together, that they will seek help and courage and love for one another if they're on their knees before you, their source. Let them know that you are the source of their resources. And then let them come together in love, in understanding, in friendship, companionship. Come together and parent those children to raise them up in your word, in your statutes, in your will, that when they get older, they will not depart from the foundation that has been laid in them. Heavenly Father, every entity on this earth, everyone in government, Everyone in 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 um in whatever uh uh circular force is out there is somebody's mother, somebody's sister, is a member of somebody's family. Bless the families, oh God, as a as a core, so that when these people go out and they go out into the world, Heavenly Father, they will be sealed with your wisdom and the foundation in their lives which to build our governments and our society will have already been formed in your word. We need you in our families, God, and in our marriages. We need you to come in and stand strong, to be a forbidden force in our homes. Teach us how to pray. Teach us how to hear your word. Teach us how to stand strong and love each other. Raise our children. Can't do it without you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Amen again. All right, Renee, you you up for um you up for the sea uh the hospice? Renee? Anybody? Erica? All right. I think we got some people creeping out on mute. That's what I think. But that's all right. All right. You said disease and hospice? Mm-hmm. What did you say? I think it's disease and hospice. Disease and hospice? I don't know. Which one is it? Disease. You asking Sam because you. you know I don't know. That's what I thought. I thought so. I'm my disease. That don't sound right. This, the, well, sick and shut in and disease and hospice. We may, I mean, they kind of can go together. Who, who is that, Felicia? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Are you in a position where you can talk now? I know you have to. Do your thing today. Are you in a position where you can pray or no? Um, I can. Uh, I hate to say it, but I can do one real quick. Um, uh, so, Father God, we thank you for 
the word that has gone forth. Um, we pray, O oh God, for those who have illnesses that the doctors don't know or don't want to cure. And while we're coming and we're standing in agreement with those who are praying and those who don't know how to pray but are seeking relief from pain, who are seeking uh, a healing from their disease, from their head down to their feet, oh God, from their bones all the way out to their skin. Father, we're asking that you will touch and heal, give a miraculous healing, especially for those who are in hospice where the doctors have 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 uh, told the family members to prepare for their deaths. Father, you know that some of these deaths that are, are occurring are unnatural. Some of these deaths that are occurring are not in your time, but in the time, the time that the enemy is trying to put up, oh, God, that he's trying to change the expiration date. But, God, you can bring a freshness. You can be, bring a refreshing and a revival to that body. You can heal it at the root, oh, God. Not just mask it, not just make it go into remission, but a complete healing, oh, God. So those who are suffering from, again, from the blood all the way to the skin, oh, Lord, touch and heal, even if it has to be through the doctor's hands, oh, God. We, we pray that you will put a fresh set of eyes, a fresh set of hands onto the situation, oh, God. Let the specialist that's called in, let the, the nurse even, oh, Lord, let them see what the issue is and let it be rectified. And those who are dealing with with the family, those who are dealing with um, the family that, that has to deal with it, oh, Lord, we ask that you will strengthen and that you will also have them watch their tongue, oh, God, not let them speak death over that individual, but, but continue to speak life until the end is resulted, oh, God. Even if the end is unto death, Father God, we ask that you will just let them speak positively, let them encourage, let them not show their hurt and their frustration, but just to show and encourage the joy that, that while that person is here, while that person is even going through the situation, they're already feeling frustrated. They don't need to have family and friends show it as well, Father God. So show and encourage all their hearts as they go through the situation, sickness, the illness, the hospice, Father God, whatever whatever level of their ailment, let their family be sympathetic and empathetic to the situation, oh God, and just level them where they are. And Father God, we also come for those who have lost loved ones. We ask, oh God, that you will give them peace that passes all understanding. Those who have had to deal with sudden death, oh God, let them not find anger. Let them not let their anger build towards you, oh Lord, because you're 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 not the one to to just take for no reason. You're not the one to just say, okay, your day is over. There is always a reason, oh God, and it's always by your hand that you get the good out of it. You get the good out of it because your son went and got the keys of death and hell. So you, we know how to do it. We All we have to do is stand in our authority. But, God, you know the reason why certain people have died. And all, you, all we're asking, oh, God, is that you will give the family and friends relief from their from their from their sadness that you will give them relief from their anger and that they will forgive 
and and just start remembering. Even even if it's just been yesterday, let them celebrate the life that they knew, and not the life that is that they wish would have still the would have could have. But just celebrate the life that was, oh God, all the good and even some of the bad, so that they can sh- see the joy in the life of that person. And Lord, we just thank you, and we come to you by the righteousness of your Son Yeshua. Amen. 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 Boy, y'all getting it in today. Hey, I know I'm, but I'm back on now. Oh, okay, cool. So, um, I'm trying to think. I feel like, oh, 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 um, uh, prisoners, prisoners, and those incarcerated. Renee, you want to take that? Those prisoners and who? Incarceration, I think, those who are incarcerated, something like that. I know I didn't say it exactly right, but that's what it is. I think it was, um, what's the name of them? Missionaries and prisoners. Oh, we we did we did missionaries already, so we just need the prisoners. Okay. Okay. Lord, we come to you today in agreement to give you the holy hallelujah of your glory and find us worthy for taking another one of your glorious and creative days. Lord, today we pray for the prisoners, the ones that's locked up behind bars, the ones who's locked up from their gluttony, for the ones that's locked up from their mental state, the ones that's locked up for being lost and left out. Lord, we pray for all prisoners and all different levels of being in prison and in bondage. Lord, we pray for these, and we place them on the altar for you to work on their hearts, to work on their souls, to work on their spirits, and to work on their hearing, for them to hear you and let them know that there is a way out, that they don't have to stay for where they are, and you can make them a new creature within themselves, but only through you, We put them on the altar for you said this is not for us, but for us to bring them to you, for you to work with them, for them to get a clear understanding for who they really are and for what you made them for. Lord, we pray for the just and the unjust that's imprisoned and for the ones who have done wrong. We pray for them to get a better mindset and want to glorify you for in their miraculous glory of miracles, you have a waiting to birth inside of them. As we go forth, equip us to give them the words, to welcome them, to invite them, and to come and sup with you. In the name of your son, Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 I, I don't know. I, I feel like so that's it. I might be... I don't know if I'm missing anything. I don't feel like I am. Um, Sam, are you still there? Samuel? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Uh, did I miss anything? I don't know if you were, if you caught all the ones. I think I got, is there something stand out to you that I might have missed? Um, sorry, my three, you kind of hit on most everything. Um, get the realm of the supernatural. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Walking in the realm of the supernatural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Okay. All right, Father, we come before you this morning asking, uh, petitioning you for greater this morning, for greater and for higher and for deeper that as we move along, that we are not moving uh, just at a natural level uh, in and of our own abilities, but we are asking, we are petitioning for supernatural abilities, supernatural faith, supernatural uh, joy, all things supernatural so that they surpass all that we are uh, able to do and even to see and behold in and of ourselves for the task that you have given us. We need the supernatural. We need that which goes beyond our own capacity. See, we ask for the miracles. We ask to see the miracles. We ask uh, for those things that are biblical, and we know that in order to do that, there is a, 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 a growth that has to happen. We know that there has to that we have to have faith, supernatural faith, that it just can be regular or average. So we just ask for for um, all of those things to be able to see uh, those things that you will have for us to see, to be able to do those things that you will have us do for, to be able to know those things that you would have us to know that surpass just just regular or average of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Right. At this time, at this time, at this time, at this time, are there any prayer requests? Are there any prayer requests? If so, please speak now. Can you pray for me? Okay. You want to go first today, sir? It don't matter. Whatever, whatever floats your boat. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna reserve you for we're gonna reserve you for um next to last. I already got last, Renee. So uh, we gonna we gonna reserve you for next to last. Would that be okay with you? Makes me feel special. We sure feel special. It's a special situation. Mm, hmm I caught the humor right. in that. Mhm. All right. Prayer request, prayer request, prayer request. Can you please? Okay. What was that? Felicia? I thought so. I thought so. All right. All right, all right, all right. All right, Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning lifting up our sister Felicia. We just thank you for her life. We thank you for all that you are doing in her life. We just thank you for for obedience. We thank you that that you have set it down in her spirit to continue to seek you. And that she is being obedient and that she she desires to to move further and to walk further in you. Hmm. Hmm. Felicia, I know you can hear me. He's, he's telling me to say to you to continue to move forward. What I keep seeing is, is don't let yourself Get in your own way. 
Don't let yourself get into your own way. He sees you sometimes different than how you see yourself. So you have gifts, you have these gifts, and you have these talents, and you have these abilities, but sometimes because of the way that you see yourself, you put limitations on your own self. But God sees you not for who you were or who you are now, but for who you're going to be in the future. So, in essence, you sometimes you don't see yourself the way God sees you. But let let Him do His His work in you. Let Him do His thing. Don't don't stand in your own way and don't stand in His way. If you know, just do what it is that He's telling you to do, and just have faith. Like we talked about supernatural faith. Now is the time that you have to have that supernatural faith and just walk in and be in tune and listen to him and just and just walk because he's got something great for you to do, but there's like a, a, a threshold. Oh, my head is hurting. He's talking to me. My head is hurting. Oh, my God. Wait, my head is spinning. He's saying to keep walking, no matter even if you don't believe it or you don't feel like you can do it, keep walking regardless. Just keep moving. Do not stop. Like, don't, don't stop, don't stop, keep looking back, don't stop looking around, see what, no, you just keep moving, and he's saying to watch the signs. He's giving you signs in terms of what it is that you're supposed to do and what it is, like, next steps, but he's saying watch, watch the signs. Things are going to get a little bit more intense. But watch the signs because the signs are going to lead you to where it is that he wants you to go. But the most important thing is don't turn around and look back. You're running forward. Keep running forward. Don't turn around and look back because that's when you want to fall. You want to, to, to trip because when you try to move forward and you keep looking back, it makes you dizzy. It makes you lose your equilibrium. So just keep moving forward in your destiny. And right now, it's critical, so just don't look back and just keep moving. Amen. Hmm. That was interesting. Okay. Lisa. Are you? uh, uh Uh-huh. Would you pray for our sister Cynthia? For oh, for Felicia's sister Cynthia. Uh huh. Oh, okay. I, okay. Is there a particular is there a particular request or just a general? I didn't know if there was something. Whatever the Holy Spirit tells you. Okay. All right. All right, Heavenly Father, we uh, <clears throat> lift lift Cynthia before you this morning. Uh, we we also thank you for her life. Um, we we just thank you for her life. We thank you that she is here still here to share this life with her sister Felicia. Um not exactly sure, you know, of her situations or circumstances, but we know that you know. And we know that you know. And we, we we just ask that you open her heart. Um we ask that you just keep her heart open to receive that which her sister Felicia may have for her 
you know, whether it's ministering or whatever situation may be, but we just ask that that you that you use Felicia as a vessel and as a tool to help minister to her sister, and we ask that you bring them closer together, that you just keep that that relationship, that sister relationship tight and solid, and that you just bring them, no matter how close they may be right now, that you bring them even closer together so that they can serve and serve to uplift one another, to be as edification for one another, that they just have a strong bond. And we just ask that you go in and that you just do an examination of their relationship. There may be things that are going on there um, that maybe neither of them may know about. Maybe some things that they do know about, there might be some things that they don't know about that have the potential to pose a threat to um, the health of that relationship. So we just ask that you just go and just do a thorough examination and that you just cleanse um, and do any repair uh, that is necessary uh, for that relationship and that you just go into Cynthia's life, uh, Cynthia's spirit, Cynthia's heart, and that you clean out anything uh, that might be a hindrance to her to her growth uh, in you, to her growth uh, in relationship with her family and that you just, Soothe any any pains that she may have. That uh, that you just go in and you do any mending uh, that is necessary, and that you just move her closer to you. That you open up her spirit, her heart, her ears, so that she can hear you. Open up her eyes so that she can see you, and that she can behold um, all all the things that you are able to do, and all the things that you will have uh, in store for her. And so, again, we just lift her up to you this morning, God, and just ask that you just do whatever it is that is necessary um, in in that woman's life so that in the end you get the glory and that she grows in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Amen. Um, um, I'm asking for prayer for... Um, my mother and my sister, as they prepare to move back here, um, I'm feeling that uh, as as urgent as I know the situation is, as critical as I know the situation is, that is even more than that. We're talking more than just a geographical move. I'm feeling a shift. There's going to be a shift in not just location, distance, miles, but a spiritual shift as they get back here. Um, a change in, in, in their relationship with God, um, a change in a shift in how they see the life, how they see life and how they their perception of life and even their desire to want to live and to, um, I, ju- I, ju- I just think that this whole thing is more than just what it, it physically appears to be. There's a whole lot of underlying factors that God is, is, is working with. So I'm just praying that, asking you to pray uh, for this 
um, for this move that that their health holds up, um, that their mental stability holds up. Because uh, I just believe if we can just get them through this, that once they get here, that God can just explode and, and, and just do all the things that um, he wants and needs to do in and through them. Um, but we got to get them here. And because they really don't have um, anyone there covering them, we're praying for them here, but they don't have that that daily person in their lives speaking life into them and, 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 and all of that there. Um, just praying and, and, you know, asking that, you know, you would pray that they be covered um, and to just get them here. Okay. Um, Sam, would you mind taking that one, if you will? Sure. She just prayed for him, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was I was kind of I was kind of thinking that <laughs> she doesn't even realize what she just did. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You don't realize uh, that you just prayed for them. So that's all right. So we'll just do number two, prayer number two. All right. Father God, she's concerned about her family. Father God, she's concerned about your family. Give her peace to let her know that you have ordained this and that you have structured it. Give her understanding and vision to see the steps that are necessary in order for this to come to pass. Touch her sister, her mother, and everything and everybody that needs to be touched in order for this to occur, Lord. Give them all the strength, the vitality, the desire, whatever is needed so they can walk this course. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 Erica, are you still on? No, some, you got to slap Erica sometimes. She hard-headed. <laughs> like, okay. Erica, um, would you pray uh, for my mother, please, Miss Brown? Sure. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Mm-hmm. Thank you, 
is crippling um, oh, I don't know how to put this. It's crippling my ability to believe. Yes, yes, that's what it is. My lack of understanding is crippling my my uh, my ability to believe in it and the power in it. Yes, that's what it is. Um, I'll ask you a question. Yes. You live in a house or apartment, right? I'm sorry? You live in a house or an apartment, right? Yes, yes. And when you come into a room and you the room is dark and it's nighttime, what do you do? I turn the lights on. So you know where the light switch is at and you go hit the switch and what happens? And the lights come on if I've paid the bill. It don't always happen that way. Trust and believe, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let me like the lights are supposed to come on. Okay. And actually, I'm glad you put that. Why are the lights supposed to come on? Because that's what the lights were made to do. Who made the lights? Did you, okay, let me make it simpler. The systems involved for, in order for the lights to come on, who designed them, you or an electrician? Electrician. So you trust that electrician that and it will come on simply because you hit the switch and it comes on, right? Yes. You trust what he did, that he knows what he's doing. As a matter of fact, you ain't even thought twice about it, have you? No. You hit the switch, like as a matter of fact, because if the lights don't come on, then you know it's a problem. Right. Now, let me ask you this. If it's a problem, what would you do? I go to the one who um, made made it and find out what the problem is. Because he designed it and you feel he would know what's in, what's needed in order for that to work. Right. Okay. So now, this is where I, we're going with this. You don't need to understand the circuitry behind it in order to believe it. You just need to accept that it will work. And see, that's the whole thing, which, which in all honesty blocks a lot of people, your daughter, and other people, because a man's natural inclination, I need to understand, I need to know what's going on, I need this to happen, because I need to know. God called you to be a believer. And if you're going to trust in what he established, and that is for your edification, that is for your good, and not for your detriment, then you will accept. Yeah, but it's just like with faith. Um, faith is a very ambiguous term. Um, and in order for us to be strong in it, we need to know where it's from, what it's supposed to do, and what the results are supposed to be. And then when we do it and we um, establish it and we lean on it, it's because we know that it can. And if it doesn't um, uh, manifest the results, 
then we go back and we say, okay, we investigated more. Am I not doing it right? And whatever. I don't, I don't have any of those things behind speaking in tongues. I don't know um, the purpose, what the manifestation should be, um, uh, the why, you know, uh, the how, any of that. So uh, it's only been recently since I've even had the desire to want to do it. Uh, the desire has been imparted into me now so that uh, the desire is there, and now I can begin to seek and ask. Or well, I need to know what I'm seeking and asking for. Okay. Let me ask you this. That's your daughter on the line, right? Yes. And when you were young, when she was young and you were going to take her across the street, what would you do? I grab her hand. And you say, Lisa, we're going across the street. When what would she do? She take my hand and say, "Okay, mommy." Did she understand all of that? No. What does Jesus tell you to do to have what kind of faith? Childlike faith. Yes. Now, see, the reason I'm getting into all of this, I totally understand what you're talking about. But the very thing that you're talking about is exactly what will keep you from flowing in the Holy Spirit. See, because what you're going to try to do, which if Eric is on the line, can really break it down. What you're going to try to do is you're going to try to do this thing coming from what you know, coming from your head. And it ain't going to work. This is something that has to come from your spirit. Through your heart. See, it's a spirit. That's, again, we're breaking down the three components, spirit, soul, and body. This is something totally spirit. When you're speaking in tongue, that's your spirit, which has been born again, and the Holy Spirit having a one-on-one dialect, and purposely he blocks your head out of it because you don't need to know. You don't need to understand it. You don't need to have all that stuff. You just need to trust him. And people... Can, can and and be filled. Your daughter's spoken in song before. She don't realize she's done. I've had other people. I had them do it. And the thing is, they'll try to come back from their head, and it's going to stop them each and every time because it's not a head thing. It's a spirit thing. It's something that you have to trust God, who is the maker, who ordained and its purposes. Then you trust him, and then you begin to let it release through you. Then as you do that, then all that other stuff that you talked about, the understanding and how it works. See, that's when all that will play a part. But, see, it's not going to play a part, and God purposely set it up that way. Because, see, then it's just like the Word of God. You can study and read the Word of God till you're blue in the face, but not until you actually walk out on it and apply it to your life where you really get an understanding of how it truly works. Okay. So, so it, it, why it, is it something I should desire? What, uh, what is um, um, like the benefit? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Thank you so much. Okay. Why, why is it something that I need to do or should do? Or is it something that Christians need to do? I, I 
Okay, let me go get my book. And that this, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to find this in this book that I come out of, and it, it might answer a lot of that without me going. I mean, because simply put, yes, you need it. We all need it because in order to break some of the things off our life, you need power. Mhm. And that's your power source. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, you have to get the book. You you've answered my question. I mean, if and I can I, if I can find this aspect, I mean, it really. Um, I like the way that it breaks it down. And, All right. And, and one thing, I'm sorry for <clears throat> you know interrupting, but one thing I think that will help also, Sam, is if you um, prior to reading that. Um, excerpt in the book is to come from the scripture. Mm. Okay. Because <clears throat> this, and you know, mm-hmm. um, what based on what I'm hearing, um, a lot of it is because of you know, I, I guess our earthly maturity when we begin to um, have wisdom and knowledge about things, and our knowledge um, is what will prevent us from even embracing it. And um, mm-hmm. Sam Sam knows from my experience, I was like, whatever, dude, I hear you. <laughs> Sound like me. <laughs> I mean, you know, because really, and I, I understand everything that you're saying because, you know, when people would do it, I'd raise the eyebrow like, okay, you tripping? I'm not really sure. What you're saying, I'm not even sure why you're saying it. But even, you know, with that, I was like, mm. and the fact that I do it now is really still interesting because I still have to brace myself. If you noticed when uh, Lisa asked me to pray for you, if you noticed, <clears throat> I got, it was like a little silence because I still I still have this thing where I have to. Um, disconnect from Erica and connect to God yes. because it will still, yes. <clears throat> yes. It, will, yes. it will, you know, because in me, in Erica's thought process, in Erica's mindset, I still have a little of, you know what, this is a trip. <laughs> and, you know, I still have my own little things, you quirk, so to speak, that I'm still, you know, battling with or working out in that regard. But also... Yeah, yeah. Um, my spirit knows that <clears throat> I've I've seen or I've experienced the I guess what it does and the revelation that it brings and I can't really explain it I just know it happened. Mm, come on now, you know. So I cannot I cannot give you any definitive terms or words that will be able to express the revelation that comes with me praying in the spirit, but at the same time, you know, again, it's still my spirit and my flesh still trying to battle with one another when I do it. Cause you know, when she said, pray for my mom, I was like, okay, sure. But then I was still, Erica was still thinking, okay, okay, well, here we go again. And then I just had to release myself or deliver myself from me and my thoughts and just connect with God and just pray in the manner which he prefers that I pray. Mm. And so the thing is, our knowledge, our knowledge base will kill us every single time because we're trying to understand it in the earthly realm. Uh, and really, there is no understanding I, that uh, comes in mm. the earth that makes that make sense to you. 
And mm. so if we're trying to if we're trying to rationalize this in our mind, it's mm. gonna always be a disconnect. Yes. 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 It will it will bring about a disconnect every single time. And so that's why um even when Sam went through the series of questions that he was posing to you, it's almost like <clears throat> um we have to have that childlike faith. And when he, you know, mentioned, I guess, the analogy of you and, you know, your daughter, for the most part, when we are, when we mature and we're parents, our children just know that we're that protector or that cover or that person that loves them. And they just trust in what we say or do, even as infants, because they have no other form of communicating with us. So really that connection a child, an infant, a toddler has with their parent is more of like a spiritual connection because they can't verbally say anything to make you understand it. It's almost like a body language. And in a sense, that's the type of language you have to have with God because you know who God is and you believe his word, which is why I asked Sam to go to the scripture first. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to give you the word of God from the Bible as to, you know, um, about speaking in tongues and what it manifests and what its purpose and what it can do, and then be able to provide you that knowledge base from the book that he's talking about because it will be able to, I guess, it will give you the spiritual understanding first, and then you can be able to rationalize it as someone has put it in earthly words to be able to you know, satisfy both both spirits, the flesh and the spirit, so to speak, to make okay. that connection, if that makes any sense to you. Yes, yes. Thank you so much. <clears throat> and I think, you know, I really do believe because we're born in sin and we're born in, you know, we're wrapped in flesh, that's what we try to rationalize first in the flesh. And that's also one of the things, why, one of the reasons we're misguided, because we need to uh, do things um, in a spiritual realm first to allow the um, body and the mind to come into alignment or correlate with the spirit as opposed to doing it the other way. Mm. Mm. Trying to put the spirit in alignment with our mind and our body. Mm. We need to put our mind and body in alignment with the spirit, which will guide us in the proper manner. Mm. Okay, I got it. Now, since he said that, I'm going to read Acts 2. Now, I found a few passages in the book, but I'm going to start out with the scriptures in the second chapter, Acts. All right, and it says, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Now, basically, just right there, they're talking about this was after the ascension. Jesus said, I must go so that I believe he called it the comfortable bottom line. Jesus said, I must go in order for the Holy Spirit to come down. Both of them couldn't be there at the same time. So after the ascension, the disciples were instructed by the angels to go to this place and, to, and wait there and wait, um, tear until the Holy Spirit comes. Uh, further down in the scriptures, I believe it got down to like a hundred and something people, but it was just funny and I never thought about it until Pastor Mark said, you know what, just the nature of things and people, there were probably more than a hundred and something people there first. But see, this is the thing about it. You, you, one thing about you, you don't tell the Holy Spirit what to do. He's going to only come where he 
desires and where it's fit for him to come. He won't even live with you until your spirit is born again. So they probably started out with two or 300 people, but when it got down to 120 or whatever that 100 was, and they were all in one accord, then the spirit came. So again, it says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind and filled all the house where they were stirring. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, first and foremost, when you're saved and you're born again, your spirit is renewed, comes alive. The second phase is for your spirit to be filled. Then the third phase is to speak in other tongues. Going back to processes, these are the things of all. So you can be born again and not speak in other tongues. You can be filled. I know some spirit-filled Christians, and, and, and they don't speak in tongues, but I could just tell by their prayer that, oh, they're spirit-filled. You can tell the difference when somebody's spirit-filled, and they're not. But then the, the speaking in the other tongues, that's, that's really as, it's, as the spirit gives them utterance, and that's exactly what Eric was talking about. Your mind is not going to give you a going in. And you, and you, are, you pretty much going to always have to make a shift because you're, okay, this ain't me talking. It's just like sometimes when you, you, you get into a certain zone in prayer, and then when you come out, you, you, I, I, you remember some of the things you said, but not really. So again, because it's the Holy Spirit speaking through you. Now, I'm going to find this one passage in this book. It says, It says, Where did I just see this? Tongues is a spiritual language coming from the spiritual person, not from the soulical parts in the mind, but from the spirit. The word spoken cannot be understood by the mind. In this experience, God gives the speaker what is termed a heavenly language or a prayer language. Again, most of this you won't understand until you you begin to flow in it. And again, and I'm even going to talk about it because, like, for example, I'm going to use Lisa again. She's spoken in her tongue, but she doesn't flow in the Holy Spirit. As you begin, it's just like any other two. As you begin to use this, you begin to flow in it because you begin to get an understanding. Any in a car, you when you drive a car, the first time you get in a car, even if you get in a, somebody else's car, you got to get used to that car, or you really feel comfortable with. It's the same thing with the Holy Spirit. God gives you this 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 gift, and He desires. Now, this is the thing. Don't let it, don't let anybody tell you that is not for all His children. The gift of speaking in other tongues is for all of His children. But when you're talking about this this um, fruit, is either the fruit or the gift of speaking in tongues. Now, it's a difference in when you're talking about the gifts of that. And that particular passage is talking about diverse kind of tongues or diversity of tongues. So now, don't let anybody tell you that uh, that's not for everybody. No, he desires all his children to have the, the gift of speaking in tongues because it's going to do nothing but strengthen you, edify you. It's a, it's a power source. That you, and you at any point in time can turn to talk back English again as you get more and more familiar with it. The enemy is going to fight you tooth and nail because he knows once you tap into that, oh, my God, you done tapped into something, something that, you, 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 that he can't stop. 
he can't stop it because he don't know what's going on, and you don't know what's going on. <laughs> but now that comes back to that's the scary part because I don't know what's going on. That's another reason I ain't going to do it. Then are you going to trust God or not? If God desires to give you something, you think he's going to give you something bad? So, again, that's going back again to that childlike faith. So he desires for you to have this because it's a power source. It's a straight. It's just like, it's just, okay, let me ask you. You got a job, right? Or you had a job. Yeah. And you worked 40 hours, and you got your check, and it gave you $100. Yeah. Would you like to go to the clerk or would you prefer to go to the head of the company about your check? I want to go to the head. Why would you want to go to the head? Because he has the power to, to change it. Okay. So now, that's it. You got a direct connection to the throne room when you're speaking in the Holy Spirit. You ain't in the way. The devil ain't in the way. Your soul ain't in the way. Your emotions, your flesh ain't in the way because they can't be in the way because they have no idea. You got a direct connection to the head because he's got the power and can give you a direct exactly what you need. So I have a question. And it, so when, and wait a minute. When you're I'm Go ahead. So when you're speaking in tongues, then the devil doesn't, because, you know, they say, you know, when you say things out loud when you're praying, then the devil knows your prayer. So when you speak in tongues, he can't interpret that. Is that correct? He can't. He don't know. No, he can't. He can't right. get in the middle of that. Right. Okay. And if you allow me to interject, 1 Corinthians 14 and 2, for he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. Yes. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. Yes. Mm. Mm. So speaking in tongue is not for man. And as Sam was telling you, that's your direct power source. Mm. You're, you're speaking in tongue, you're connecting directly to God and allowing him to reveal to you spiritually whatever it is that you are in conversation about. Conversation. Can you say that word one more time? <laughs> and see, and that's the thing, you know, and believe it or not, you know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but I think we talk about it every day. But that's one of our biggest issues, man. <laughs> and so, you know, being, you know, speaking in the spirit, speaking in tongues is another way to deliver yourself from man. And from yourself. The thing, yeah, well, you know, especially for me, for myself, (laughs) for real. But, you know, deliver you from people, basically, that have a tendency to interject their thoughts, opinions, and ideas based on what you're doing or what they think you're not doing. Mm -hmm. So you're connecting to the power source that will give you you know, direct information where you don't have to hear it from anyone else or any other source. You're connecting to him, and he's going to respond by connecting back to you and answering. And then, you know, and also uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 14 says, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays. Mm. Oh. Mm. 
No, all we can get out is a mm. So, again, that's still being delivered from man, being delivered from self, not even allowing the carnal aspect of you to interject or intervene. I see what you're saying. So that's why I'm saying that's why you say not even letting your own self get in the way. Right. Exactly. All right. I got you. I see what you're saying. Because we just talked about it yesterday with, you know, the uh, enemy and the enemy. We are oftentimes our biggest issue. Hmm. So that thing that gets in our way is our mind. And, you know, it already says that our thoughts are not like his. And if you begin to recognize that you're going to have your mind and your flesh with you until you exit this place, you might need some way to tap it directly into him to help you overcome yourself. But you're going to always have something negative to say. You'll always have some inner thought, some fear, doubt, unbelief, because you're clothed in flesh. That's why God says he abhors, he hates that there's no good thing in the flesh. So recognize this is your way to tap directly into to him and get over yourself. And, um, right, I'm going to read what Felicia is, has um, just texted me. She's probably unable to speak at the moment. She says, forgive me for the uh, dissertation because our tongue is so powerful. It's not till we get to a certain faith level that we are given to guess because uh, because out of our heart is where the source begins. The tongue is what started the downfall with with, with Satan, pride and speaking stuff. So the problem up in heaven, what you think is going to happen down here? The tongue is what spoke everything into existence. So again, that's how powerful that tongue is. So we got, and we don't monitor it. He tells you it, it can wreck a ship. That little rudder can wreck the whole ship. But see, we, that's why again, our tongues will destroy us, or our tongues will give us life. I'm gonna shut up for a minute. I, I'm just shutting up. Mm-hmm. No, no, keep it, keep it moving. And also, Felicia says, once Adam and Eve found knowledge of good and evil, he had to to separate them um, from the life source. So if your thoughts, heart, and speech are out of good and evil all of all of the time, then he can't let your words come forth. Look at Zechariah. That the Lord held his tongue till the blessings came about. Then all he had to do is praise once it was done. You're talking about when Zachariah couldn't speak because of John yeah. his wife being pregnant? Yeah, I think that's what she's talking about. So in order to keep you from messing up this blessing that I'm about to bring right. on the earth, I'm going to just shut your mouth. Right. Give me one second, Because our tongue is the biggest weapon that we have because it can destroy It cut. And so that's why it's important um, to pray 
in in the heavenly language because that's not our tongue that can bring destruction and strife, but it's God's tongue that brings revelation and strength. Is that right? Is that right? Say that again, Ma. I said, uh, and the question is, and that's why it's important to, um, uh, when we pray to speak in God's tongue that brings revelation and life and not in our tongue that, that may bring destruction and strife. Is that right? Yeah, and I'm not, now I'm going to give you, before a little more, a little deeper, yes, a little deeper. Okay, see, regardless of wherever we are, we're still, again, always clothed in the flesh, and we're going to come out of our ourself. When we pray in English, you still there's still a part of you there. When you're praying in the Holy Spirit, again, that's a direct connection. So many times people ask me, would you pray for this, would you pray for that? And I, I just sit up to go, mm-hmm. And as soon as they shut up, I just start praying. Until, and then from that guy to most of the time, it ain't even nowhere near what they ask me to pray for. And I just, I, but, but, but they receive it because, again, they, God has given them what they needed. See, the whole God's spirit knows all things. Our spirit, I mean, our minds don't. We can't even begin to fathom it. So literally, you are, you are, you are, you are touching, you are reaching into an omniscient source. Your spirit is touching omniscience, knowing all things source, and will give you what is needed for that moment or for whenever. So that's the importance of it. I'm not. I'm not trying to say. I mean, not, there are a whole lot of different aspects of speaking in tongue, which right now we're just not getting into. But simply put, you're connecting directly to God. He's telling you, as as Erica said, it's a conversation. I mean, just look at look at the airwaves and the TV and all the stuff that's coming on. Is negative. Look at society today. You know, once the TV really got going back in what sixties or whatever, and how quickly society has just just you know on yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so again, the tongue is again God spoke all of this into existence, and we have that same power. Because we speak it now, we don't see it tomorrow. Majority of the times, then we don't we don't understand truly what we're doing. But reality, that's truly a blessing from God. Because if we spoke something and it happened tomorrow, do you know how how really jacked up we would be? Oh yeah. How many dumb things we say about our own selves, our own lives? I hate this. They get on my nerves. I wish they would die. All of that out of emotion. Yeah, yeah. I hate you. I wish you get ran over by a car. Until we grow up to a point that we realize what we truly said. So God has truly blessed us in the aspect of, again, and I don't know who said that again, that you got to get grown to a certain point to really be able to tap into that power. So because we, we're, again, our flesh, our mind, and us literally, we're young, dumb animals. So so we don't understand the powers that's there. God has to show us and train us in order to receive it from him. 
Now, the enemy, in other words, he had you out there like them little kids gyrating and dancing and can't even read a book. Because he don't care. Okay, so how do I get it? Just pray and ask him for it? Oh, you want it now, huh? Listen, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about your mom. Jonah, Jonah, let me tell you something about your mama. <laughs> Lisa, let me tell you something about your mama. We talking about uh, desperation colliding with faith? Well, I believe that I have been in the pit of hell. I believe that. And I believe I was an unwilling captive there in bondage for the greater part of my life. But that's over. Now... I want everything God God got for me. Do you hear me? Everything. I I don't want to get to heaven and see, and he take me into a room, and I say, well, Lord, what is this? What's all these boxes, all these unopened boxes? These are all the blessings you didn't get because you didn't ask for them. Wow. I want everything he got for me. I want to know how to get it. So, um... You know, this is a blessing that I, you know, one of those boxes that I didn't know that was spoke got my name on it, and it's sitting up there unopened because I didn't ask for it. <laughs> listen, I want my package. <laughs> you know, I, 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 listen, my name is on it. Send me my package. I want to know how to get it. You know, if I got to, if I got to say five hail marys and roll over on the floor four times and get up and raise my hand to it, I don't care what I got to do to get it. Oh. I want it. And I'm ready for it, and, and I'll do whatever i got to do to get it. So what do I have to do to get it? You know, well, let me ask you another question. Asking for it or what? Okay. Whether we're talking about speaking in tongue or whether we're talking about talking in English, we're talking about the spiritual arena. Whose job is it? To teach us about the spiritual arena. The Holy Spirit, he's the teacher. <laughs> Whose job is it to teach you how to read your Bible? To teach me how to read it? Yes. Uh, it's my, my spiritual shepherd teaches me how to read it, but it's the Holy Spirit that reveals unto me what I'm reading. Okay. All right. I, I got you. The Holy Spirit, you see, the spiritual arena is the Holy Spirit's territory. So whether it's to teach you your Bible, because that's why I say you need to ask him what to read. You need to ask, he's supposed to teach you how to pray. He, the Holy Spirit will teach you all things. So even in the word we just read, it says, as the Holy Spirit gives you utterance. So it's the Holy Spirit's job to teach you to speak in other tongues. It's the Holy Spirit's job to teach you how to pray in general. So you with me on that? Oh yes, yes, yes. Okay. So now I have a question. Go ahead. Oh, sorry, I'll wait. I'll hold no. Um, my question is. Well, I think I already know the answer, but I'm not, I'm uh, going to ask it anyway. Like, how do you get past that disbelief? Mm. You know, or, or or the blockage, if you will. Like for me, I'm like I believe in it. Because I know y'all not faking it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I believe that it can happen. I just don't know that I, I, that I believe that it can happen for me. 
because sometimes I just, you know, I'm like, you know how we get. Like, mm, that's kind of high up there on the, on the list, you know. I don't know, like, you know, me driving out to Bel Air and looking at the $10 million homes, I'm like, nah, I don't think that was going to happen for me. You know, so how do you get past your disbelief of whether or not it can even happen for you or, or that it's supposed to happen for you? Or how do you get past the blockage? Okay. I'm going to see if I can, or if America, you might be able to pull it up. The scripture says that he wants to, he gives it to all men. I'm oh, going to okay. find that if I well, can. While, while you look for that, let me respond. Okay. Because the first thing that, the first thing that um, came to me is one of the reasons you don't believe that it's for you is because you're looking at yourself through your eyes. Mm. Right. Oh. Ooh. So you're looking at your life, your past, and you're looking at yourself as if you're not worthy to be gifted with that particular gift. Mm. You might be onto something there. <laughs> so, you know, and that's, you know, um, because, and that's where your disconnect is immediately. Okay. You're looking at yourself through your eyes and not through God's eyes where he sees how he's created you and how you're, you know, how he's developing you and maturing you in him. Mm. So again, you're looking at yourself through your carnal eyes and not of spiritual of the spiritual eyes of God. If I may interject, um I I totally agree with what you just said, Erica. Um before um before I had my, my, my fall, um my 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 breakdown, my whatever it is that you wanna call it, my midlife crisis, whatever. Um I have I had bought a house uh built from the ground up. The first person in my family in like maybe three or four generations to buy a house. And I was really proud of the house, and I would always, um, I would always thank God for the house. Sometimes I just walk in and just, just the amazement of of it, you know. And I would always say thank you. But there was a part of me that, you know, just wondered, you know, did I deserve it, or how how did I really, you know, how did I really get this? Am I going to be able to keep it? And it's not something that I dwelled on, but it was something that was there. And it it was sort of like, like that feeling, but you don't, you know, it's like, oh, whatever, and you, and you keep it moving. And it wasn't until later, um, after I lost my house and started participating on the prayer call and that type of thing, that um, that, that what you just said you know, like like sunk in and um, and like and made more sense to me. And then, not to mention, when I did uh, lose my job and all my material things, the 
the the almost joy that my family had um, mm-hmm. in the fact that I was going through such you know such bad times because in their minds I thought that I was better than them, and so um, instead of looking at me as you know as an example you know she could do it I could do it too they just looked at it as oh okay so she got all this and now she can be better than us so when I lost it they were actually happy about that. And, you know, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around that one. Um, mm-hmm. But definitely, definitely has truth in it. Mm. I want to um, read a little bit, a couple of things out of this book. Um Okay, it said, many people teach that after the day of Pentecost, the phenomenon of charisma ceased. For people to say God cannot do today what he was doing 2,000 years ago shows me they do not know the God I know. My God can do anything today that he did then. We are not eating the leftovers of a feast. We are taking in the whole menu. We are getting in on the best and the biggest that the world has ever known. Proof of this is in Acts chapter 2. On the day of Pentecost, Peter stood and spontaneously began to preach. Under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, he laid open the word of God and preached with such strength and power that people trembled at his words. When he had finished speaking, verse 37 says of the people who heard, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter, to the rest of the apostles, Man and brethren, what shall we do? Peter's response was simple. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remissions of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For this promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God should want. Paul, Acts 2, 38-39. In this scripture passage, we find the New Testament promise of God to all those who will heed his instructions. Number one, repent, the witness of blood. Number two, be baptized, water baptism as a sign of cleansing from sin. Number three, receive the Holy Ghost, the evidence of the Spirit. Who is this promise for? When Peter was speaking to these people, he said, For this promise is unto you and to your children. The promise had already been passed beyond the apostle to show the, the people that before them, then onto their children. But that is not all Peter said. He continued with these important words. And to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God should call. That's you and me. On the day of Pentecost, we have the direct promise that what God did at that moment, he would never cease to do. The promise was for them, for their children, and for all those afar off, even as many as God will call. Since the call of God is the call to repentance, as long as God is saving people, he will also be filling them with his precious Holy Spirit. Charismatics today provide the footings and the body of Christ for what God began 2,000 years ago. We are living in that glorious moment prophesied by Joel. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old man shall dream dreams. Young young man shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. Joel 2, 28 and 29. Now, I want to read this quickly because you asked the question, why would you need these gifts? The charismatic is a spiritual phenomenon unique to our time, one which has been met with tremendous response by millions of people throughout the world. 
The word charisma is a Greek word which means spiritual gift, not natural or carnal or solical, but spiritual, freely given to us by God. In its characteristic usage, charisma denotes an extraordinary ability that is bestowed upon a human being by the infinite strength and power of a third person of the Trinity, who is called the Holy Ghost. This spiritual gift is bestowed as a special service to the body of Christ. These gifts from God to the local church are what we call sign gifts. They are supernatural endowments that God places within our lives. The third person of the Trinity is the governor who brings them in, situates them, chooses which we shall have, and lets them flow out through us into the world. Regarding the living body of the New Testament church in these last days, Jesus Christ says, and the gates of hell should not prevail against them, Matthew 16 and 18. We have come to the titanic contest between good and evil. For us to be the kind of people God wants in these trying times, we must have the gifts of the Spirit. It is imperative that we be qualified spiritually, that we know about spiritual gifts, understand them, and be able to use them wisely as the Lord wills. These charisma gifts of the Spirit are, weapon, are, weapons, are, weapons, are weapons of our warfare. If we have these gifts functioning within us, they become our battle axes, our guns, our swords, our spears, all the artillery we need to destroy the works and the powers of the devil. The gifts of the Spirit are not tender little gifts. They are dynamic, dangerous, and warlike. You will understand this more as we get into our study and show, in particular how the gifts are functioning in the Word of God and how they still function today. These are the special weapons that you will be able to handle dexterously. Some people will not understand you and may call you fanatic, but that might not be such a bad word after all. In my hometown of South Bend, Indiana, we have great fanatics. They are the Notre Dame fanatics or fans, which only means they get excited about football games. You and I are also fans, fans of the Lord Jesus Christ. We get excited about him, and we don't mind saying so. These gifts of the Spirit are the weapons God gives us to fight and win our battles. We must never underestimate their strength, their power, and their usefulness. But we must study them deeply, continuously, until they function through us. First, we learn of their existence, and we say, Lord, thank you for the knowledge we have. Then we learn how to avail ourselves of them. Next, of their proper usage. And somebody believes the gifts of the Spirit are misused, and the misuse of the gifts will only cause them to cease functioning. I'm going to just stop it there because that, that's more than enough, just to get you an understanding of what and why and the usefulness of them. So I guess what I wanted you to see basically is coming again from the scriptures that, again, God wants all his children to have this. It's for everybody. And then from that point on, he kind of began to touch in about the usefulness, the weapons of our warfare. So it, that, these are the purposes that they serve. Hello? Yep. Okay, you know what? It wasn't, uh, he really trying not to let me hear what you was trying to say. Was anybody else cut off? Mm-hmm. I, uh, I mean, my phone just went dead. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, well, we know it well. We know it well. <laughs> well, I just summarize. I was coming from Acts two, and in Joe when Peter um, when Peter gave Pentecost, and how just um, that I, I pull the stuff out. You can go, but bottom line, it was in those scriptures how that the speaking in the utterance of the Holy Spirit, God wants all of His children to have that. Okay. 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 Then from there we went on to talking about some of the importance of having these uh, weapons and how they're using our spiritual warfare and how we can. And I'd like the way he broke it down. First, you need to understand that you have the gifts, then how to use the gifts. So in other words, you you get the gifts, but you still got to learn how to use them in order to be able to use them properly. Okay. Mm. Oh, we got quiet, boy. So good. <laughs> well, what you think, Erica? Erica went on mute looking at TV. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Erica. I mean, um, Pam. Ms. Brookins and Lisa, y'all ready? For what? Yeah. I just had a full meal. I just need some, some time to digest, that's all. Okay, no problem. Well, I think it was, I think hmm? it was good because... Wait a minute. Sorry. I think it was uh, very um, feeling because, you know, I still, as I said earlier, I still have my own you know, issues with self. So I think it just, you know, you know, reemphasizes the importance and why, you know, I need to refrain from my own head. Too many problems in my head. (laughs) (laughs) I got a question. And I wasn't going to say anything. But, you know, what the hey. Um, I have a question about indifference versus surrender. Different because versus? indifference, I'm sorry, this is not about speaking of some of these kind of a shift, mm-hmm. but indifference versus surrender. Mm-hmm. So, you know, man, I don't, there's just, there's a wow. Since I've been seen now, I know without a shadow of a doubt, that God pulled me from that job to work on me. I know it. So he could just have me. There's so much crazy stuff going on. I can't even, man, man. And, um, meaning in my spirit. And so since I've never been here before, a lot of it is new to me. And so... You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of background stuff going on, and God has been revealing a lot to me, probably more than I feel like I can handle, more than I care to know about a lot of things. And I'm just like, okay. And so, you know, I felt like I was just being beat to a bloody pulp, honestly. You know, I'm not 
you know, I'm okay. I mean, I'm not depressed or anything, but I just felt, like, exhausted, like, wow, this, oh, you know, like when they sell those, like, do those infomercials, and they're like, but wait, there's more, and it does this, 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 and you get this, this, and this, and you're like, okay, I'm trying to call an order, but wait, there's more. So it just keeps being more. And I go to sleep and not, okay, yep. And remember the time when this happened? Well, it really was this, 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 this. This is really what was going on in the background. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? 20 years later, what am I going to do about it now? Like, if, But I know that he's doing it for it's Man, <laughs> I can't even begin to tell y'all. I'm, I'm getting more visions. I'm, I'm it's, it's nuts, man. And so yeah, it's um, so, huh? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I know. And it's just, whoa, whoa. And so last night, um, last night I was talking to Felicia, and I don't know if she's on me, but I was talking to Felicia about, because we, you know, there's some projects that we're working on, and we're accountability partners, and, and we were talking about one thing, and I just said, I just, man, I just was telling her something, and she asked me something, and I just, and y'all know I don't do that. I don't do all that, crying and in front of people and talking to people and stuff. And I was like, well, I just, and I just, she asked me one question. One question, and it was over. And I was like, and oh, I'm mad because, and she's just calm. Y'all know how Felicia talks. She's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, can I ask you something? <clears throat> Did you do so and so and so? And I was like, well, uh, and I couldn't, and I had the ugly face and all outside the gym, and people are looking. I forgot you can see outside the glass. I'm not, you know, the car is not tinted in the front, and I know I was looking crazy, and it was just, it was nuts. And um, because what happened was, in the midst of all of this stuff that's going on, we're planning this conference for my women's group. And I got a text message from my star player on my team saying, you know, it's too much for her. She's training for a triathlon, and, you know, she's got a lot of other stuff going on, and she won't be able to be on the exec board. She won't be able to be a founding member anymore. She just wants to be a regular member, and she can't play in the conference that's coming up in a month and a half. You know, so it's like that was the cherry on top of the gravy on top of everything that was going on. And so, of course, you know, when you're already feeling some type of way and you get that type of news, it just, it, it made my whole, it made me feel like my whole heart just came out. You know, it was too much. Normally, if it, if it were, if it were that, you know, if it was that and it was just isolated, it wouldn't have bothered me like that. It would have been nothing. I, I can do that. I grab a couple people. It would have been done. That was, It wouldn't have even been a second part. still love You know, I'm not upset about with her at all. She's great. Just the situation, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have bothered me. But it was too much. And, and I, it felt like it just kind of sent me over a little bit of an edge that I was already walking on like a tightrope because spiritually there's so much that I feel that God is just, Honestly, I don't know if you guys remember the movie Hellraiser and the part where, um, you know, the sick man, tan man, or whatever his name was, um, uh, 
he, well, no, the guy was playing with the box or whatever, and the chains came out and ripped them up wide open. Like the chains came out and and um, it felt kind of like that, or it feels kind of like that. Like, what the heck is going on? What really? And so I just got to the, you know, I just feel like, I'm like, whatever. Like, I don't have nothing. I'm mm. like, whatever, man. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I have never been at a point like this when I'm like, whatever, man. I'm ready to just put on some of them ugly brown thong sandals and just put a backpack on my back and walk around, you know, supposedly putting our resumes. I don't feel like putting out no resumes. I don't. I'm tired. I don't feel like putting on no resumes. I'm, I got other stuff in the works. I don't feel like doing none of that. I don't feel like doing none because I feel like I don't know what God is doing. So I feel like if I go in the wrong direction, then it's not going to turn out right anyway. So how about I don't feel like doing nothing? And so I, I was like, man, is that indifference? Like I don't care or is it surrender? Well, you you have a combination. You have multiple things going on. Let me say one thing is a, a one thing is a thought process, and another thing is an action or an act. Surrender is something that you willingly do. It's an action. Mm-hmm. Indifference is a thought. Okay. That means that you have this nonchalant thing. You don't feel one way or another about what's going on. So it's, it's you know, it's a thought process that in turn can um, fall into a behavior pattern. But I, the thing is you have a lot of things going on, a lot of things that you're trying to process at one particular time, and that throws you in this uh, straddling the fence between indifference and surrendering. Because a part of you want to surrender to God's will and God's word, but because you are feeling a certain type of way about the things that are going on around you, you're so indifferent about what's going on there that you have not removed yourself from it to take the time to communicate with God to see how he wants you to handle it. And so wow. that's where that's where your struggle is at the moment because you're somewhat conflicted with what I need to do and what I'm thinking or feeling. And the only way that you can draw a fine line between that and be able to determine what your next thought or action should be is to communicate with God. But you're so busy with doing, 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 and thinking, I don't want to do, do, do. You know, you got a lot of things in the mix. Yes. But then that's getting right back to the whole exactly what we're talking about. Again, we're talking about the importance of the Holy Spirit and speaking another mm-hmm. tongue. Now, when you tap. It can settle that. It can. Hmm? It, can it can help you, I right. guess. It's sort of like Whitley used to say, relax, relate, and release. Okay. 
don't quite remember that on different it was a different different world, but yeah. I remember that very well. <laughs> yep. She was see, actually she went to see her counselor, which was played by Debbie Allen. So many things were going on, and she was just trying to tell her, relax, relate, release. And so she, you know, it was just you have multiple things that you're processing, um, you know, in your thoughts. You have a lot of things that you know you should be doing, but your thoughts telling you, I don't really feel like doing those things that I need to do. And so you, you, and that's what's causing your chaos, so to speak. And then in the background, it's all the all the stuff, you know, like hearing stuff, the vision, you know, and all of that stuff. And I'm like, man, the last thing I need right now is that going on in the mix of everything else. This, you know, wow, wow. And then when I just say, all right, I'm just going to be still, that doesn't seem like, that doesn't seem right either. Well, that's because that, you. That's because Lisa is trying to be still, uh-oh. and Lisa is not asking God to help her be still. And believe it or not, your thoughts, uh, the actions that you should make, and all the visions uh-huh. that you have, they actually correlate with one another. Mm-hmm. But because everything is so pushed together for you, it becomes convoluted, and you have not been able to go to that quiet place, so to speak. Right. That's true. To commune with God, that he will be able to put the thoughts in one place, the actions in one place, and the visions in another place to allow him and not Lisa to connect it for you and really give you that roadmap as to how you should go about whatever it is. Because, see, you see it in specs. You see your visions here, your thoughts are here, and then your feelings are here. But because you're doing in your being and not connecting to God, that's where the conflict and chaos is and the confusion with you trying to figure out, is this just me feeling indifferent about all these things that are going on in my life, or should I just, or if I just try to be still and not do anything, is that surrendering? But then you have to ask, what are you surrendering to? Mm. Uh-oh. So are you surrendering to your chaos, or are you surrendering to God? Sam, I need you to get your foot out my butt. <laughs> mm. <clears throat> and you know what? You're so right, because, you know, in this too, is And I've been trying not to succumb to it and trying not to think about it, but it's hard. You know, the feeling like I'm on this time, like it's a ticking time thing. Like, okay, you know, I only have, you know, these, I got my leases up in like a month and a half, two months. Okay, so I got to know what's going on inside those two months because then after that, what am I going to do? Because I can't have myself back into you know, the chaotic situation that I once was at one time in my life that I worked so hard to get out of. And I have to stop you because what you're saying is I. Mm-hmm. See, mm-hmm. and that's where, that's where our issues rely with us because if mm-hmm. I can't get myself 
in a situation that oh. I put myself in before, and I cannot allow these things to take place, and I, and that's where our issues lie, in us relying on self and not really leaning to God because that's where we get our power, our strength from, which is how this entire conversation came about with speaking in tongues, connecting to your power source. Because it's because of God that we have and we are able to operate, function in our being and do those things that are deemed so necessary and fitting that we do. And again, if we really, if we're really honest with ourselves, when we when we rely on I, that's how we begin to walk down these paths with all of these, where all these other things jump out at us. And we don't necessarily, we're not really armed on how we should, you know, really you know, deflect these things. Hmm. Because what happens is when we, even when we're under the auspices of God and we walk our path, those obstacles will still be there, but our continued connection and communication, our diligence with communicating with him will, will arm us appropriately so when these stumbling blocks arise, we can, you know, deal with them appropriately and continue down our path. But when we mm-hmm. operate in our own being, when the stumbling blocks arise, we rely on ourselves on how to get out of it. And that stumbling block holds us up mm. longer than if we were operating in God that will allow us to continue to persevere. Operating in us puts us in a little holding longer. Mm-hmm. So because you, and see, you're looking at your timeline and you are trying to figure out how you're going to, you know, mitigate this and how you are going to go around this and how you can fix it. And you have yet to look to God to guide you on how you need to mitigate and how you need, how it will be fixed. So you're taking on a job that you could just really give to God where you can just walk your course and he covers everything else. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that so much is going on and it causes you to be overwhelmed, that's why you're indifferent. But the spirit part of you wants to surrender. But you just have you just haven't communicated with God and surrendered to Him, as opposed to the things that are going on in your life. Mm. I think. But if you keep going at this pace, you will surrender. Mm. But to what will be the question? Because at this rate and at this pace, you may surrender to the things or the issues prior to you surrendering to God. Now that was deep. Mm -hmm. 
I'm just sitting here eating my little breakfast burrito like, mm. And so oftentimes we try to save ourselves from ourselves instead of, you know, you know, communicating with God and and asking him to save us. You know what was really interesting is I was talking to uh, someone last night and the person asked me a question that I never really thought about. And as I was, you know, kind of talking about some things, the person said, Look, you know, let me ask you a question. I said, yeah. She said, have you ever just said in and of your own volition, God, I can't handle this. I need you to take it. Like, I can't, I can't do that. Like this, I can't do this one. I'm, I just need you to take the wheel on this one. I can't. I can't do nothing with that. <laughs> like Denise said, I can't do nothing with that. I need you to take this. I can't. Will you please just take it? And do you know I, I realized for the first time that I've never said that before? I've never said that. I don't think I've ever just given something over to him willingly like that. But I just never realized that I didn't. Maybe I ought to try that. Hmm. But, you know, that comes, it's amazing how the habits, that we pick up or the things that we do kind of they flow over into the spiritual realm like that because what I realized is there was a lot of very serious things that happened you know in the earthly realm that I've just dealt with by myself I was like I'll fix it I don't want to bother anybody I'll fix it myself I mean the big stuff that I really should have brought my parents in on or brought you know other people on who no, I got it. I don't want to bother anybody. I'll fix it. I'll fix it myself. So I'm used to always fixing stuff myself, even stuff that I I shouldn't be trying to fix myself because it really is beyond me or, you know, what's beyond my level of maturity. So I guess, you know, with that habit, I just... So it never occurred to me to give it over because I never have. I, you know, that's why I was saying, man, indifference or surrender. What is this thing that I'm doing? But wow, that was a great point about indifference. I mean, about surrender being like a willing, voluntary act, and indifference just being kind of an it's a state, an emotional state. And the thing, and the reason that you um, consider indifference 
is because you have allowed things in your life before to emotionally affect you. And you're at this place that you want to put where you don't want things to affect you. And that's and so uh indifferent is moving is a safe haven for you. Because mm. I think if I don't feel one way or another, this is how this is a uh a process of self preservation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm a bottler, that's for sure. Keep it bottled right on up in there and just keep it keep it moving. Just you just gonna keep it moving. You know, I'll say, you know, this bothers me, or I'm a little ticked off about this, or you know, but really getting down to the root, you know, I I I I don't I guess I haven't done that in a long time. But that creates other things. That's why you have to learn how to relax, relate, and release. And relax, relating, and release is, you know, passing your things over to God. You know, I think I really believe, didn't realize it, I think that part of the problem is that Somewhere inside of me, I feel like that's a weakness, and that's like giving up or saying, you know, I can't handle this, but I guess I really can't. Like, I can't handle Like, that makes me somehow inept or weak as a person. I don't know. All I know is it seems like every day I'm losing touch a little bit more. Almost like I'm losing touch with reality, to be honest. Like I'm sitting here now, I'm like, it's like hey, I'm not sad. I'm not, I, I just, I'm, I'm moving toward feeling nothing. Like nothing. I'm not happy. I mean, I feel okay, you know, but I'm not, I don't know what, I don't know. I feel like I'm just losing touch. Like, I feel like all this ruckus, you know, I'm sitting here watching the people, you know, I'm looking at, it's like all this ruckus. I'm like, what is all this nonsense and ruckus? People, things that people do. I'm starting to see the world in a different way. I see it in a totally different way, especially since last night. I, I see everything so different. Now, the world doesn't look the same. I see people, you know, I see things, but it's almost like I'm not here, like I'm removed from it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know if that's good or bad.
Yeah, like, oh, my goodness, she's cracking up. Not really. I'm going to just say one word. What? Process. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Not, not that word. <laughs> no, go ahead and laugh. <laughs> you thought mm-hmm. you were... <laughs> Man. Did it ever Man. occur to you that perhaps this is your way of 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 surviving this at this particular time? I don't I, I guess I don't know. I had honestly that's a you know that's a valid evaluation. I hadn't really, I hadn't really thought about it at all. I mean, like, I just, I don't know. But that's a, that's a, a good point. Because this is weird, and I, I it, it almost scared me because I said, oh, oh my God. I'm losing touch. Like I really felt like I was like I'm fading out. Like I'm slowly losing touch, and I just don't care. I'm like, whatever. I don't care. Like I'm here, but I'm like, whatever, man. Y'all do what y'all do. <laughs> like I don't know. I can't explain it. I'm just gonna, you know. I was like, I'm just gonna sit back and drink Mountain Dew and eat breakfast burritos. I mean, man, this is the weirdest feeling I ever had. It's interesting to me because it 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 kind of like mirrors um, what I went through. Difference being that I wasn't involved with the prayer line then. Um, actually, I don't even think it had been started then, and so I was truly um, clueless and. And didn't feel that I could talk to anyone about it, um, and so you know I would say don't fight it and try and um, be as objective as possible because there's there's probably something that you're supposed to be learning, mm-hmm. um. And if you if you fight it or try to make sense of it, you may miss your 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 lesson. That's true. And then be careful who you do talk about it with, because most people are not going to understand. Um, which is why I ended up having to. Um, break off connections with, with, with a lot of people, and I didn't understand that at the time either. I just knew I could not deal with them mm-hmm. and their opinions and, you know, and what what I was going through. When you would have people like, I understand, you know, how you feel, or I understand what you're going through. How can you understand when I don't understand? Um, and so I had, I had to get away from that because it, it was just um, – it was either you know I ain't even had the energy to cuss people out, you oh, know. Boy. Um, so it was like you know what I I just 
I, I can't play with you right now. Um, and and just put the, put that all of that on the shelf because I just could not handle um, other people's opinions and their their input mm-hmm. based on um, based on their standards or what they felt that I should be doing. And you know when I knew I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing, but I knew what they were talking about. That wasn't it. Okay. That wasn't it. And then you can't you know you can't explain that to them in a point that they would understand. Um, and I wasn't mad at them about it because, you know, a few years before I probably would have been the same way. Um, you you just don't know until you're going through it, you really don't understand or even have a clue. Hmm. So, I, you know, when, when, when you talk, it just, it just really – you know, like like takes me back, um, you know, to those to those beginning days when everything was just like falling apart for me because I truly just did not um, understand and what was really confusing. I mean, because I've worked since I was twelve years old, and then here I am at a point where um, not only am I not working, but just thinking about going back to work would make me physically ill. And, you know, so I knew that that wasn't what I was supposed to do, but then it's like, okay, but, but, but how do I take care of me, you know, and, and then, and not having, um, you know, any of what I have now in the prayer call, I mean, it was really, you know, like scary and, and paralyzed. I mean, there would be days when I would have to make myself leave the house because I was afraid I was going to turn into one of those people who would who just would not go outside again. And mm. so I would make myself leave the house and I would just like drive around and then I'd park in a parking lot, but I wouldn't get out the car. You know, and then I would sit there maybe for an hour or so and I'm like, okay, I left the house so now I can go back. Um, I mean, you know, it, it was it, – I understand when when you say that it's you know that it's scary and and that type of thing and it, and it can be paralyzing. Um, it even now I still have no words for it. Hmm. And all I know, I mean, it's and it's been an extremely long journey for me. But then that's because I didn't. Um, in the beginning, I didn't have God in the journey, so of course that means it was harder. Um, but I, I have learned a lot, not just about me, but about other people in in my life, um, especially family. Um, and I'm still confused. Uh, but it's it's it's. Mm. It's a peace, a more peaceful confusion. I'll put it like that, you know, yeah. because I, I realize that although I don't know what's going on or or what the plan is, at least now I know that he knows what the plan is and that it will be revealed to me when I'm supposed to know it. And that helps a lot. Hmm. Thank you. So you are not alone. 
Oh, I appreciate that, because um, mm-hmm. I said I really appreciate that because I feel like, uh, man, I'm like, mm, am I like the cuss? Am I about to be in the mental health book? I don't feel like I'm going crazy or nothing like that, but I tell you, man, I'm it, it, boy. I feel like I'm about one shoe away from just whatever. So I'm telling you, putting a backpack on packing some trail mix and some chocolate milk in a in a book bag and putting on some palm sandals and, and just truck it. Mm-hmm. Like y'all can have all this, all this ruckus, all this stuff going on in the world. I'm gonna live in a forest somewhere. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna have a gallon of water and three Kool Aid packets. You so silly. <laughs> Sorry. I'm I'm serious, I can't do all this. I feel like, you know what I realized? My gifts and my talents, maybe, and this might be, maybe, you know what? Maybe I'm just still not over what happened at my job. Maybe I'm still hurting from, yeah, I am. Oh, yeah, that's, 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 you know. Maybe that's it because I'm like, you know, I feel like my gifts and my talents haven't been, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but I feel like I should be doing something because I know I'm the only one who can do, especially with the children. I feel like I'm the, I'm all they, I'm all there is. You know, they've got a dad, but I'm really the you know the one who provides for them mostly. So at the same time, then I'm like, oh, I need to be still. At the same time, I'm like, girl, you don't have time to be still. What do you mean be still? You better get up and make it happen. But then you have to remember that our time is not his time. And then, you know, to piggyback off what Erica was saying, you keep saying, I, I, I. And so, you know, I mean, he's going to take care of his children. And it's not to say that you will not have a role in their life down the road, just in a different capacity. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm I'm worried about my, I mean, I'm concerned about my own and just not dropping the ball with that. You know, I can't help but think, okay, my lease is up in June, so I got to have something cracking and popping by then. You know, what you, what you going to do, lady? But that's you figuring it out or trying to figure yeah. it out. This is true. That is the truth. And you stressing yourself out, right? But that's the thing. Here's the thing that's so scary is that I probably should maybe feel stressed, but I don't. That's the thing that worries me. What is worrying me is the fact that I'm like, eh, <laughs> eh. <laughs> that, that, I, that was worrying me because I'm not stressing over I'm like, you know what? Checking my department, I need, you know what my top priority is right now? I need a weekend getaway from my own self because I need some time to sit quietly and think. Girl, get out my head. Get out my head. Like, Mm. I'm for real. If I need to go and cry, I need to be able to do that in peace. If I need to read, if I whatever I need to do, whatever needs to happen, I need it to happen, but I need it to happen with me by myself and not around, 
you know, I don't want to have to take care of nobody. I don't want to have to fix no dinner. I, you know what I'm saying? I think that I, I need I have to say, get out of my head because I felt the same way. I always felt that if I could have just taken a vacation and not had to have worried about, you know, the bills when I get back or, or any of that stuff, I really felt that that would have made a big difference. I don't know if it's true or not, but I really did, you know, like feel that. That's why I was like, get out of my head. I really did feel that way. It just, because it, it just seemed like it was just so overwhelming and um, not understanding what was happening, not understanding the feelings that I was having, the feelings that I wasn't having, that I should have been, or that I felt I should have been having. It just was just, you know, and then not having anywhere to go to 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 talk about it, um, you know, because like when you say, you know, you're not one of those people who cries in front of other people. I can relate to that. Um, you know, I have revealed more to you all on this prayer call, especially in the last, like, month or so. I mean, I have a best friend who doesn't know some of the stuff that I've shared with you all. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and so, um, I mean, you know, it's, mm, mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, some of you, I wouldn't know you if I bumped into you in the street. Matter of fact, most of you, I wouldn't know if I bumped into you in the street, but yet you know, like extremely intimate details about my life. Mm. And that's the outfit, you know that I that I've been able to to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm ready to get out of the rat race. Maybe that's it. I'm going anybody can come with me. I'm going to some island and I'm gonna sell timeshares to people and I'm gonna live on the beach. Now I might like literally live on the beach because if I don't get enough money, I can't afford no house. So I might have to get three, you know, containers of Reynolds wrap, make a little cyber for uh, an aluminum foil house, and live on the beach. Okay, Gilligan Island. That's a bit too rustic for me. Man, that's, that's how I, that's really how I'm feeling. My, my, that's really how I'm feeling, and I I, I don't know. I, I really don't. I don't know. I just want to sleep. I don't ever sleep like that. I ain't been. I ain't no sleeper. I have to be like, man, I'm going back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, is anybody there? We still here. Hello? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm hearing, um, I don't know what I'm hearing because I, I, I'm still trying to deal with this thing about hearing God, but... <laughs> Um, I want to say that peace is not the absence of chaos. When when the when 
um, the disciples was on the boat in, with Jesus, and the storm was threatening to sink the boat. Jesus was asleep. Jesus was asleep. Um, and even though we know he was God, he was still part man. And so had he not had faith in his father, that man, the man part of him would have been just as afraid as the disciples were. So, and, and Lisa, I, I've tried to get away, and, and Felicia, I, believe me, I understand that, that need, that, that urgency that you feel because you just need to get away. You know, the chaos around you is overwhelming. You just need to get away. But I'm here to tell you that the part of you that is experiencing that chaos and that feeling of being overwhelmed, you don't take, you don't leave behind when you flee the find some place else to go. It goes with you. So wherever you are, you're going to have to deal with it because you take it with you. So... And, and, and trying to find peace is not the geographical location. It's the spiritual location of where you are. And I've learned that when you're surrounded by chaos and the enemy comes in like a flood and you're feeling overwhelmed and under-equipped and you just going to lose it, there is a place you can go right where you are. I understand the sitting in the parking lots. I've been doing it for years because my geographical location um, was was overwhelming and chaotic. It was chaos in my mind. But I learned, and this is just my own personal experience, that you can have peace in the midst of that chaos. First, there's a, a shifting, Lisa, of your level of faith. Uh, to trust God with things that you can't handle. And to say, I give it to you, and to actually give it to him is two different things. But when you do, I mean, when you really give it to him and say, Lord, I can't handle this. Really, I just can't. You know the part of me that wants to, but I can't do it. And you're going to continue to feel exhausted and overwhelmed and all of that until you do because you weren't equipped to handle all of that. That's why he says, cast your cares on me because you weren't made to handle all of this. He wants you to give it to him. And then once you, your faith has shifted to the higher level where you trust him uh, with where you're going to live, where you trust him with the gifts that he has already given you, and where you trust him with the plan that he has for your life, not you, him, mm-hmm. that he has for your life, that he has known about since you were the stock in your mama's eye. Since the beginning of the foundation of the world, he knew this plan that he had for you. When you trust him to work that plan out, 
to be all should I, to be your all-sufficient one and to take care of you with where you're going to live, how you're going to take care of your kids, the kind of parent you're going to be, the kind of prophet you're going to be, the kind of woman you're going to be, the kind of daughter and friend you're going to be. When you trust him to take care of all of that, because he's the one who made you and he knows more about you than you know about yourself, and you and you, that's when the rest comes. Because you're not trying to figure it out. You're not trying to figure out, well, what am I going to do about this? Or what am I going to do about that? But I don't understand this, and I don't understand what's happening. And and, 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 and I need to be doing some God, what is it that I need to be doing? Because I need to be doing, sit your butt down somewhere. Not just physically, but emotionally, mentally, spiritually. While those children are at school, go in your room, close that door, shut the blinds, put on some praise and worship music, and don't think about nothing but God. I'm going to text you uh, this link. It's the the names of God put the music. And as um, she, she, she gives you the names of God and what they mean, and then once you get to thinking about and understanding uh El Shaddai means all-sufficient one, and uh, uh, um, and um, all his other names. And you and you begin to learn what those names mean, and his character, and his power, and everything that he can do. You begin to realize that these are things that make some God. And you ask yourself, okay, who can handle all I'm going through better than him? And then you rest. You rest. You give it to him. You take it off like layers. You take it off. You take it off. And it's just like when you're in the gym and you got a 20-pound weight on you and you feel like you only, you know you're only up to 15 pounds or you know you're only up to 10 pounds, but you got this 10-pound weight on you and you throw it back on the, on the stand and you're like, oh, that feels so much better. That's what you're going to feel like. Just go in, worship him, praise him, adore him, love him, be in his presence, and give it to him. And stop, you know, don't try and do everything. Because real faith says, okay, God, I didn't make me, you did. I didn't make all this chaos, but I know you can handle it. So I'm giving it to you. And you might have to do it five or six times, 20, 30 times. But keep doing it, and you won't be so exhausted. You won't feel this 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 maddening urge to. You just got to get away. You got to get away because just like uh, what's her name, Dorothy, when she was you know trying to figure out how to get home, she had to answer right there with her all the time, right there on her feet. So you, you, you got know to what answer. just you know what just came to me. What just came to me, like, out of nowhere, as I sit here, look, what just came to me was maybe, just maybe, I am at peace. Maybe there's nothing wrong with me at all. But because I never really knew what peace was, it was so unfamiliar to me, I can't recognize it when I got it. Maybe Mm. it's not indifferent. Maybe it's not indifferent at all. Maybe it's not, uh, you know, maybe I'm just at peace. And because I'm at peace, 
it's almost it's it's unfamiliar and weird because I'm always up in arms and running around and, and when and because I'm not and because I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. You know, maybe that's it. I, I'm I'm so used to it being the other way. So when I do have the peace, I can't even recognize it when I'm in it. So I think there's something wrong. So I'm trying to find something wrong when there isn't. Uh, how about that? I think that's it. Which would explain why I'm like, I'm just going to walk on the beach and I'm just going to make a 10 full house. I'm fine with that. I'm fine. Don't feel a need to keep up with the Joneses. Don't feel a need to go out and, you know, do this or that. I would love to be able to see my children. That, that would be beautiful. But I'm just like, Okay. Because for the first time, I'm ready and willing to say, I can't do nothing with that. I can't do nothing with all this. It's so much going on. I I can't even verbalize it all. It's a lot more than what any of you all know. So it's just like some cosmic stuff going on in the background, too, some old crazy stuff. And it's all swirling around at once. And But, but what, what God, in this moment, like right now, what God just did, well, what I felt the sensation of was him pulling me out, like just pulling me away from the earth. And now I'm just up, like I'm floating, like in the atmosphere. And I'm just looking down like, hmm. Not that I'm, like, above or better, not that type of thing, but just remove, like, like an objective third party, like I'm watching a movie. And I'm just watching all the, the hullabaloo and the rigmarole and, you know, the stuff with the government and, you know, how people treat each other and killing each other and just all the stuff that, man, just people just do, all this ruckus. And I'm like, hmm. That's really interesting. Really interesting. But not getting in it, even if it surrounds, you know, even if it involves me, not succumbing to it and getting caught up in it. Just looking at it like, wow, that's really interesting. And being okay with that. And being okay with the fact that in this moment, what's on my mind is trying to get my muscles on back. Like that's, you know, I get the resumes done. I get them done. I will. but just opening up my eyes and really understanding 
that in this situation, look what God has provided for me. He provided me income for six months that I ain't even got to work. Didn't miss a beat. I mean, not a beat. I could still go to the dentist and get my teeth to fix. Wow. Mm. Yeah. I think for the first time, I am experiencing real peace. Oh, my God. How about that? <laughs> Being okay with whatever it is that people did, have done, who talks for me, who don't, who wants to play, you know, in the sandbox for me, who don't want to play, who want to share their now later with me, who don't. What people think, what lies have been told, who can forgive me for what, who can't, who know who said whatever, who, what unfair stuff happened at work, whatever, whatever. Because this stuff is also temporary. In the flash of an eye, all this mess will be over with. We don't even be here. Who cares? I, I know that my number one priority was getting myself together spiritually. My number one priority. And I've done that. And maybe that's why I have peace. Because before I had other stuff going on, but this part was raggedy. I mean raggedy. Raggedy. Okay. Well, I don't want to take them no more time in my little situation. Thank y'all. I so thank y'all. <laughs> mm. Oh, my goodness. I see how we got. Man, if you get caught up with, with people, if you get caught up with men and their shenanigans, if you get caught up with all the ruckus and the foolishness that goes on with people and situations and circumstances on this earth, oh, my God, you will be a nutcase. You can't. That's why everybody's so sick. People are sick. Even people who don't know that they're sick are sick. I mean, this is what he's showing me, right? Like, right in this moment. I'm telling you, I'm sitting here looking up at the side. There's nothing... People are sick. They're really, really sick, and and it's the ones who don't believe that they're sick who are the sickest, who need the most help, the ones who won't even acknowledge it. And if you get caught up with all this stuff, you'll be the hottest of the hot messes because what I realized for my own self right now in this moment is truly that God's ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. Totally true. Totally true. 
He looks at things in a totally different way. He looks at people in a totally different way. And that's why our way of life as Christians can't be understood. The way that we try to live, it can't. It's impossible because it's diametrically opposite to the way that the world does things. I mean, I really see that. I really, really am getting it now. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. I'm done. Anybody, anybody else um, want some prayer? Well, the phone's going to shut off soon, but I was going to pray for you all to be filled with the Spirit. So, um, Go for it. Like I said, it's going to cut off in a hot minute, um, so okay. might as well just wait until that and then come back on. Oh, I see. Okay. Oh, that's right, because you can see the timer, right? It's like five hours, and I know I started like at about 6, uh, 40 or something like that. Oh, so, okay. Three minutes. Yeah, we probably got about four minutes before it cuts off. Okay, that's why I kind of figured it was short, so. Well, I want to thank everybody. I didn't feel, I didn't want to hog up the time or anything like that. I just, I had to work that one out because I didn't want nobody come to visit me at Tenley Park. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.